What is up, YouTube? Welcome in to another edition of Bucky and BK live on Texas Sports Unfiltered and on the free Texas Sports Unfiltered app. Today is Monday, November 27th, 20 and 23. And the Buck and I are with you until 10 o'clock. Of course, Texas Sports Unfiltered is with you until 5 o'clock this afternoon. And we've got plenty to talk about today from the long holiday weekend. We hope all of you had a fantastic Thanksgiving. And hopefully I'll got some time off of work, some time to spend with friends and family. And uh, there was plenty of football going on over the last five days. And we are here to talk about it. The Longhorns absolutely demolishing Texas Tech in the final in-conference matchup between the two in-state foes. The Dallas Cowboys embarrassing the Washington Commanders on Turkey Day. The Houston Texans come up a little bit short yesterday. And uh, we'll go around college football, around the NFL. So much to get into over the next couple of hours. What's going on, Buck? I am doing fantastic, BK. How about yourself, man? It was a great uh, holiday week. Uh, yeah. It was. It really was. I you know, did my thing on Thursday, getting out there and feeding homeless folks. And my wife and I went out and got some of that done. And even the next day, I had a couple sandwiches left over. ran back out there the next morning. And, heck, there were more people out there the day after Thanksgiving that needed food mm. than Thanksgiving morning. You know, churches and a lot of organizations do thing on things on Thanksgiving they helped the folks out but you know it was it was good then we had a nice dinner and and then I just sat up and got a bad back sitting on this couch for hours upon end so it was okay it was just the way I wanted it to be good yeah that's and hopefully you, you hopefully you had a good deal with your your family got to be with everybody so yep that's important that was that's an important day and those Thursdays are important to me for, for getting out there and helping some folks that need it. Next year, I'll be doing a sock drive. So I'll be looking for our YouTube supporters to send us socks. I mean, I, I figure, you know, a meal is great, but a meal with a pair of socks. I've seen more raggedy-ass sock-wearing homeless folks this weekend than I've ever seen before. I mean, it's just it's just a weird thing. It's just a pair, pair of nice, white, thick socks this time of year is a big deal to those people. So... I've never had, never had a sock drive before. Mm. What Something are you going to do with those socks? You're going to put like a bar of soap and start hitting them upside the head? No, no, man. I didn't have it. Everybody was so thankful. My wife was just so surprised. I think it surprised her, the fact that these people were so thankful for just a sandwich, some chips. No, no, sorry, no cranberry sauce. Mm. The chips and the, the cookie and the and the water. No, I did have one guy the next day said I had my Tito's hat on. He goes, "Hey, you want to you want to switch some Tito's for this water?" I'm like, "No, dude. <laughs> no, no, man, I'm not making a switch. No way." Yeah, I'll trade my sandwich for some smokes, and I'll trade my water for some <laughs> vodka, huh? What do you yeah. say, guy? Not a lot of that. A lot of thankful people out there. So, and yeah. hopefully, everybody else out there had a a wonderful, wonderful holiday. And good morning to the soldiers at Fort Cavazos, Texas. The soldiers in the state of Texas. And all those that fight for us each and every day, I know you didn't have offs, but to your families, hopefully they had a, a wonderful Thanksgiving. And as quick as you can get home to them, please do and be careful out there. Yeah, well said. And uh, kudos to you for doing what you do every Thanksgiving. That is awesome that you're taking care Thanksgiving of. Giving thanks. That's all, man. That's my thanks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Taking care of some of those who uh, are less fortunate than us, some folks who wouldn't have a place to go or a meal to eat on Turkey Day. So did not see uh, the dirty little homeless you. girl. Nobody asked me for a hug. Everything was good. No hugs. Uh, 
I came up on I came up on some some folks that my wife thought I was nuts. I mean, it was there was a, um, a, a I forget which chicken place it was there on the by Ben White. I think it was a churches and I they there's some dudes who were by the can the, by by the by the garbage can and I went yeah. over and I was going what I thought was a little curb an edge of a curb dude that thing was about four feet high I drove my car over right where they were they were looking at me like is this guy going to try to kill us I wanted to get close I just didn't want to get out of the car I wanted to hand hand them sandwiches but the curb was probably two and a half to three feet high and just I mean the Lord was taking care of me because you know I was doing a good deed that day any other time that would have ripped the bottom of my car that would have ripped that Subaru apart they would have torn up the, you know, the oil pan and everything else. Yeah. For some reason, I doing a good deed. I just kind of went over it. Big, big drop down. You know what I mean? I was like, oh, man, this is not like a foot. This is like a drop. I dropped down in the backside drop and nothing happened to the car. Nothing happened the next day. I went back out. There was no leakage, no nothing. I just got very fortunate. I know that I know the people that were standing by the can looked at me like, what is this idiot doing? Because, I'm, you know, my. Joyce is yelling at me like, what are you doing? Are you, you can't, oh. I'm like, I can go over. It's only about a foot high. And all of a sudden it was boom. And then bang the back of the car, man, I, I escaped that one. Any other time me doing that, that's it. Both, all four tires pop, you know, the whole thing I'm sitting there waiting for, because you know, I'm not changing tires. So I'm waiting for my AAA to come. I'd be there yeah. with those people. I'd be sitting there having some smoke with those people, but <sighs> so that that good deed that that ended up being a good deed and and thanks thanks I was praying man because I man I could feel that car in the air going down you know ah a little curb check maybe I need to get glasses maybe I need to get my vision maybe I need to see the people that had sharp vision you were trying to run over some homeless I people. was trying it's to run them over I was just trying to get closer to them I didn't want to get out of the car dude getting out of the car is weird at that time because it's the morning. You know what right. I mean? You come up on some guys sitting there with their couple sticks and a little fire, and you pull and you pull up and you start walking towards them. Officer, you know what I mean? Yeah. Undercover dude. I mean, yeah. really, they look at you like, no, you can stop right there. So when yeah. you pull the car close to them, you know, they're probably saying, oh, no, this dude's going to run us over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're not looking at you thinking you're going to be an undercover cop. Are uh, you sure? Yeah, I'm pretty you sure. See me about my, that. You see me in my Texas Tech Red Raider outfit this morning? Yeah, what are you in solidarity with the uh, Texas Tech football program after what went down on Friday night? Everything at runs through Lubbock. I'm 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 in mourning for those people. Wow, my God, what an assing that was! On <laughs> Friday night. You're absolutely right. That was an assing right there. Oh, Texas, talking all that smack. Yeah, boy, if you thought uh, Steve Sarkeesian forgot about some of the things that were said after last year's game, some of the things that were said in the offseason by both Joey McGuire and by Big 12 Commissioner Brett nope, Yormark. he did not. Uh, you thought wrong because Texas uh, – That last uh, touchdown with a minute to go, he could have taken a knee and run the clock out there. He shoved that one into the end zone like the Dallas Cowboys have been doing yep. in the fourth quarter. He was ready to run that baby up. And if it weren't for that offensive – I mean, it wasn't the officials. If it wasn't for their ineptitude at times in the scoring zone, they'd have put 75 on that group. 
Yeah, they could have, right? They could have. Texas gets a 50-point win, which oh, that was glorious for so many different reasons. But Longhorn fans have been clamoring for a performance like that for a long time, right? Because uh, mm-hmm. Texas had been playing way too many close games. Everybody knows about the blown second-half leads, allowing some inferior opponents to get back into games. And that's been frustrating to watch because you know this Texas team is capable of doing some special things. We saw what they did in Week 2 in Tuscaloosa. Obviously, we saw what they did on Friday night. I mean, this team is capable of playing uh, really, really good. And when they play to their standard, there aren't a lot of teams that can hang with them, let alone beat them across college football. So that was uh, big time. I mean, style points mattered. We talked about that going into the game on Friday. Obviously, just to get to Arlington and make it to the Big 12 championship, all you had to do was win. And a one-point win would have counted the same as a 50-point win in that regard. But uh, to impress the college football playoff committee, because it is resume season, uh, you needed to do something pretty special when Texas did everything they needed to do. That was uh, just what the doctor ordered for this Texas football team. Yeah, and, and like I said, that last touchdown was a stick because that was – you already had had you, – you had enough points, and you could have took three knees and the game would have been over. And they shoved that ball right in there. They ran that ball in there. That was That was a thing of beauty. It really, really was. And I was waiting for a pick six after that. They had already – but Texas Tech by then had already gathered up the bodies and started just heading heading back to the bus. They they really did. They just – they took a beating. And, and I tell you what I was really surprised at. For me, it was – I mean, I love the running back. I love the kid from Maynard. That guy's a big thumper. He is all of 230. I thought he was a little slimmer than that. That dude was round. Yeah. And, and ask number 28 what it's like to go head on with that guy. Wow. Fat. He of, he's now oh, he's just rounder. He's 230 now. Mm. He's a he's a, a fifth year kind of senior. And he and I, I just never knew he was so thick in the middle. You know what I mean? I'm trying to say everything but that word. I mean, but he's thick. I mean, he was going into piles and then he would bounce out the other side. And man, he was that guy was a load. Yeah. Yeah, he's a problem, and you see why he leaves the country in first missed tackles this season. Uh, He's tough to stop, but, hey, for the most part, Texas did a really good job. Yeah, they they gang-tackled the hell out of him. They had to gang-tackle him, but they had no receivers. That really surprised me is, you know, the quarterback was like I thought he would be, but there's generally a a tech receiver that gives everybody a little bit of problem. They had none, BK. They had nobody to really throw it to. There was nobody that was really outstanding at wide receiver for them, and that hurt. That hurt no, a lot. I mean, that, that was as dominant of a performance as we've seen from Texas in a long, long time, regardless of opponent. But to do that against uh, a Texas Tech team that considers you its biggest rival, right? There are a lot of Longhorn fans that don't consider Tech a rival. I consider Tech a rival, but obviously, you know, Oklahoma and AM are way higher up on the totem sure. pole than Texas Tech is. But there's no doubt. You ask any Tech fan who their biggest rival is, they're going to tell you it's the University of Texas. And to do that in the final ever scheduled matchup between these two teams, that makes it even more special. But just dominance on offense, on defense, and on special teams. I mean, it was all three phases. That's as complete of a football game as we've seen the University of Texas play yeah. in a hot minute. How was, uh, how was the crowd? I thought before the game that the crowd would have a lot to do at 6.30, 7 o'clock for, with that game. I, I know they had to be I, I know they must have been ready to go. You know? oh, electric, electric crowd. And sometimes with these Black Friday games, right, you've got a lot of the students who have gone home for Thanksgiving. And sure. you know, in recent years, Texas hasn't been playing for anything right. in the regular season finale. But obviously, Texas is playing for a ton this year. And no, it was a sellout. It was a madhouse. It was a great crowd from start to finish. Hell, the loudest ovation of the game may have come when 
the game was already in hand when Arch Manning made his Texas debut. I mean, oh, you could yeah. tell. You could tell in the second half, like it, it didn't sound like I wasn't there, but it didn't sound like a whole lot of people left, right? Just oh, no. based they, on, they, yeah, they were they wanted to see the commissioner. They wanted the commissioner to come down. Yeah, no, I mean on, on TV and just based on some folks that I talked to, uh, it was a madhouse at DKR on right. Friday night. And I think the only people who left early were Texas Tech fans, which, yeah. And the commissioner had to hang around, which was great to see. Did you see what they did? On the jumbotron after the game. They up, oh, they put up his speech. Yeah, yeah. I'll show. Uh, I'll show you some of that. The sound quality of this isn't great, but I'll. I'll explain what happened if you're listening on the app. Here's what Texas did on the jumbotron in the south end zone at DKR right uh, as the game was going final. And did I hear some SEC chants? You heard some SEC chants. I, I did. Oh, yeah. You knew that was coming. Had to have it. I was I was waiting to hear it. Had to have it. Yep, Texas fans. Oh, it wasn't Texas fans who showed the Your Mark speech, but somebody with some giant cajones showed the Your Mark speech, and then after that they put up a graphic that said, see y'all in Arlington, uh, because, of course, the win clinched Texas a spot in the Big 12 championship game in Arlington coming up on Saturday. Great. Congratulations to to uh, to the University of Texas, the football team, the fans. As I said, I thought it was going to be I, I, I thought that everybody would be involved. It was good to see the special teams got that punt block in there. Yeah, great call by you. Yeah, I mean, I and you can see the first couple snaps. I'm like, wait a minute, this guy's like snapping a ball end over end almost. There's no spiral to it. It's going back slow, like a little Pop Warner snap going back. I'm like, this is one you can go get right here. Yeah. And I thought and there was going to be another one. I thought they were going to knock those the, the protectors, the two guys who were protecting them. They were awful close to him when he was, you know, when he got punts off. I They were close to getting kicked right, having that foot right in their rear ends, too. I'm thinking, hey, just push those guys back into the punter. You may get another one. Yeah. But that I mean, was nice. That, that, was, that was great. That special teams looked good all over the place. Well, those were the two top special teams units in the Big 12. Like, Texas Tech has been a great special teams team, if that makes sense. All season yeah. long. And for Texas to just dominate that third phase of the game, I mean, you had the punt block by Michael Taft, tip of the cap to him. Obviously, you had the Keelan Robinson kickoff return to start off the second half. He's Funny still here. He still does things. Yeah, good to special see him. He had a couple of touchdowns, right? One on offense and then uh, one on special teams. I had some Tech fans who were at the game. I had some Tech friends who were at the game. And they're like, all right, we're, we're going to stay to start the third quarter, but if Texas scores on this first drive, we're going to leave. And then you get the kickoff return touchdown, right. and they're like, I'm out. They couldn't handle it. <laughs> Trying to get downtown. Uh-huh. Uh, Xavier Worthy had a couple of nice punt returns. Ryan Sanborn had a good day punting. Obviously, Burt Auburn. I mean, he was wow. the story of the first half. Like, Texas was up 26-7, to but it felt like it should have been more. The Longhorns had some red zone woes again on offense, and, you know, a game that kind of felt like a 40-point margin at halftime. Yeah, was I mean, only it could have been in the 70s. Margin. Yeah, but Burt Auburn going five for five, including nailing a 54-yarder was impressive. Trey Wisner, obviously running the football, did some good things in garbage time, but on special teams, that guy was covering kicks like a maniac. I mean, it was just dominance on special teams for Texas, which was uh, cool to see because, once again, Texas Tech has been a really good special teams unit this year. Texas just flat-out killed them in that facet. Oh, they killed them in every facet. That, that, was, that, was, that was quite a display of football on uh, 
on Friday. It really, really was. I thought the running game was good. The offensive line did a fantastic job in, in, in the pass protection. I think they did. I, Quinn Ewers held on to the ball again back-to-back weeks, BK, just a little too long. There's a couple of those that he needs to just – I mean, and they were in the scoring zone. He needs to get rid of those balls. He took a couple – he took like two sacks that were like I don't think were necessary. I don't know if he could have got the ball off with one of them. It was pretty quick. But I know there was one where he kind of dallied around in that pocket and he wasn't going anywhere. There was nobody open. And he was trying to take get give himself just a little bit more time. And there was time to take that ball and heave it up in the stands. You know, just yeah. get out. And he had an opportunity to get outside the pocket and throw it away. And he took a sack. Yep. He self-sacked a couple of times yes. on Saturday or on Friday. And that's two weeks in a row. Like you said, he was holding on to the ball too long against Iowa State. He got sacked four times in that game. I thought three of them were his fault. And uh, yeah, a couple he of sacks in the first them again this week on himself. Yeah. Yeah, 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 which you never want that to happen, but you really don't want that to happen when your quarterback is still recovering from a sure. shoulder injury on his throwing arm. So, uh, yeah, you would love for uh, that to be cleaned up a little bit. The good news, because Texas played on Friday, they do have an extra day off leading up to this game coming up on Saturday. So hopefully Quinn Ewers and C.J. Baxter and uh, Xavier Worthy and Jatavion Sanders and some of the other Longhorns who are clearly dealing with ailments right now, hopefully that extra day gives them uh, more time to be good to go this Saturday morning against Oklahoma oh, you won't State. Have to worry about uh, Max, he won't be he won't be playing he's done I mean he's done he's not he won't be playing in the game if he's he, got a torn ACL he's not playing is he who said he had a torn ACL I thought he had a torn ACL I thought he was done for the season CJ Baxter yeah no you're talking about Jonathan Brooks I'm so, oh yeah no CJ Baxter I'm sorry Jonathan Brooks is the one who's done yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Baxter, I, don't know what, I don't know I know he just got banged up he just went down like a sack of you-know-what again. Mm, yeah, Sark did say in the postgame on Friday night that uh, C.J. Baxter could have gone back into the game if needed, but Texas was winning by so much that there was absolutely no point in risking further injury. Oh, Jane no. Blue, great job, and the other Texas running back, Savion Red. Oh, about yeah. that, he was running hard in the second half. Trey Wisner, I brought his name up a little bit earlier. All those guys. I mean, Texas ran for 302 yards overall. And their running backs, obviously, you've got the Quinn Ewers sack yardage. So the if you look at the yards per carry stat, it doesn't look like this. But if you just focus on the running back runs, Texas averaged 8.6 yards a carry on Friday. Like, that's as, about as good as you could possibly do against a Tech defense that wasn't great. But, you know, Tech had like a top six total defense in the Big 12 going into the game. So they've been an average defense in this conference this year, and Texas made them look like a high school unit well, on they're, Friday. They're finding out with that defense that when they're playing really good teams that it's, you know, where, where Coach, where Joey McGuire said in the beginning of the year, we're still going to be special on the defensive line. No, you're not. Mm. Uh, when you play against uh, legit teams, you're not good. And the, and the legit teams you played against where you've lost, they've been able to run against that, that defense, and they've been able to run all night. Texas ran all night. They did – I mean, they could have run even more, but it, it was it was fun to see the ball get spread around. A lot of guys caught passes. A lot of guys were involved. And that's great going into a championship game. And your quarterback's going to get another, like you said, an extra day. But it's 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 good to see that, you know, they get a, a, that extra day and the guys get to heal up. I'm sorry about that. I'm thinking of, yeah, C.J. Baxter, when he went down, I don't know. That dude is just going to remind me of a guy that you're going to see a lot of this of from time to time. You know what I mean? He's he'll maybe after this freshman year he'll get over that. But that dude has got to not every time he gets hit. We're thinking he's going underneath into the blue tent 
or the, yeah. or the burn orange tent because it just seems that way with me. I've I've never had a player like that, but I've seen running backs like that before. BK, where they get hit, they come up a little lame, and then they they disappear for a couple series. He's got to he's got to get over that. It's football. Yep. It's really they hit hard in college. Yeah, he'll get there. But uh, yeah, CJ Baxter still getting caught up in clutter too easily. Uh, yeah not breaking as many tackles as we would like. But the biggest issue with him is the fact that, yeah, he has gotten banged up a few different times over the course of the year. Yeah, um, every hit can't be a devastating hit yeah. to him. He's got to get over that. That's, and he will. You know, he'll get, he'll get over that part of it. So. How about a shout-out to our guy Noe this morning with a nice $50 super chat. Thank you very much, man. That is awesome. Really, really appreciate you uh, stopping by. Noe's a big-time fan of the, uh, the channel. He's always there on pre and post game as well. And uh, an awesome, awesome donation to uh, start things off on a Monday morning. We are thankful for you, sir. Thank you. You know what? We'll have to, and we'll have to, we'll have to find out if Sark, he'll, this game coming up, championship game, this is all about that second one that he, this was a, this wasn't one that the coach won. This is one that the team won on Saturday. They just all executed. They just, they played to all their talents, I thought, on Saturday. And I, I know he was still expecting them, you know, the, uh, he said, we haven't played our best football, but that's a great start to then go into a championship game right there. If you didn't play your best, if you didn't think you got to your best game, well, that's a great start. You know, nice prerequisite to get ready to play in a championship game right there. That's what you need. Yeah, you I, don't know. I don't know if Texas can play much better than that. I mean, uh, you could argue they left some meat on the bone with the uh, red zone struggles sure. in the first half, but to, to beat uh, a bowl eligible team by 50 points, that's, uh, that's pretty damn good. Good. And let's let's hear from Steve Sarkeesian. Uh, we've got plenty of Sark audio. Of course, Sark will meet with the media later today uh, and talk more about this game, but also turn the page and start to preview the Big 12 championship game coming up this weekend. But this is from post game on Saturday. Here's Sark talking about how it felt to finally win a blowout. The coach of me is going to tell you, no, I'm, I'm, I, I still think about that. Some of the plays we didn't make, um, but man, it was awesome. You know, it was almost like a feeling of, We've been in so many tight games, and, and so many guys had to make plays in the fourth quarter in the, in the waning minutes of, of games, whether it was the Houston game, um, the, the K-State game, uh, the TCU game. And there, there was a lot – I'm probably missing a couple here, but there was, a, was a lot, so many tight moments. To go into the fourth quarter of this game, I, I think everybody just felt like, finally, you know, finally we, we've gotten to a point to where – um, we're not all biting our nails there at, uh, right until the end. And so it, it was a great celebration that way. I'm very proud of our guys. We played good tonight. Um, but the coach of me always thinks about the, the areas where we can improve. And, and that's what our, our job as coaches is, is to, you know, not settle, uh, to continue to push these guys to, to new heights. In, in every phase of the game, I, I tell them all the time, we have a standard for the way that they need to play the game. And when they when they reach that standard, then we set a new standard for them because they showed us what they're capable of. And so I know what we're capable of of of, of being, and I know the way we're capable of playing. Um, and now I've got to continue to push them um, because change is inevitable in football. You either get better or you get worse. It, you don't stay the same. So we have to keep charging forward. We have to keep pushing forward. We have to continue to be demanding um, for excellence. Yeah, he's such a nice guy. He's a nice guy coach. He <laughs> is. He really is. I know he wanted to stick it to Joey McGuire so bad. You just, you could just, I mean, you could almost feel it. I'm a, I was watching him on the sideline. 
you could just feel the intensity because he's such a mild-mannered kind of guy. But you could just – when you watch him on the sideline and you watch his interaction with his team, you could tell he wanted to put more on him. That's why he's talking about those points they left out there in the, in the scoring zone. He wanted those things to be touchdowns. He liked – he loved the fact that, that Auburn could kick five field goals, but he liked to have at least three more touchdowns out of the five that he kicked, I guarantee you. Oh. You, could just, you could just tell. He, he just wanted it so bad. And he wouldn't have mind putting 70 or 80. It was going to be one of those high school kind of games. Yeah. The team I mean, turned it up on a bad high school team. I mean, wow. The only other time Texas Tech played in Austin during Steve Sarkeesian's tenures, the Longhorns did put up 70 yes. on Tech back in 2021. And then things obviously fell apart for Texas after that. But yeah, it felt like uh, if Texas yeah, was able to convert more of those red zone trips into touchdowns instead of field goals, then, yeah, they would have gotten to 70, if not more. Than I, that. Thought, I thought they were going to put 75 on them. I was like, yeah. do it. Do it yeah. if you can. It was glorious, man. It was freaking glorious. And uh, just what the doctor ordered for Texas, they get the uh, big time win, 57-7, to the final score. Yeah, you and I were wrong on this one. You and I both picked Texas to win, but we both thought Texas Tech was going to make it interesting and cover that two-touchdown or so line. And this game was uh, pretty much over by halftime. And the Longhorns, once again, they they didn't tap the brakes. A lot of Texas fans are – They've been mad at Sark, and they've been mad at this coaching staff and just mad at this team for not putting teams away, right, not stepping on the throat of the opposition and allowing these inferior opponents to claw their way back into some of these games. We didn't see any of that on Friday, which is is awesome. And Texas did what it needed to do, and now the hope is not only do they win on Saturday, but the hope is they can win in a relatively similar fashion on Saturday because they've got one final chance to impress the college football playoff committee. Now, Texas needs some help. Like Even if Texas wins this next game by 50, if all of the teams ranked ahead of Texas take care of their business on conference championship Saturday, then it's not going to matter, unfortunately, what Texas does. But uh, you can always yes, control. So you got to win, and hopefully you uh, win handily. And then, obviously, you got to root like hell for some of the underdogs this weekend. Yeah, I mean, somebody's going to slip up, but I don't know if it's going to be the right somebody that slips up this weekend coming up. I hope it's not the Horns, but I mean, that Oregon State Oregon game over the weekend, you thought Oregon State was going to Oregon beat them beat them pretty good. They weren't yeah. they weren't playing around with it. And I don't know if Oregon State's coach was thinking about his new gig coming up, but obviously he's been in talks about that. You don't just get that call the day of the game. That's that's been in the work for a, a month or so or maybe after they you know, they got rid of their former coach after, yeah. after the last sex message or whatever they had. They probably start playing on that. So that's been in the works for a while. So yeah. I don't know where his head was. But Oregon State has been playing just okay. You, they, I, didn't, I didn't think they would beat Oregon. Oregon's just playing on a well, different level right now. Texas got screwed, right? I mean, every Texas fan was rooting for Oregon State the last couple of weeks. And – Oregon State's coach had one foot out the door and the players sure. know that right like the, the, oh, yeah. the players realize their coach is gone and that just kills so much of your motivation um, and yeah I mean look Oregon's really good I'm not uh, disagreeing with you there but any chance that Texas uh, had to get some help from Oregon State I think went away once Michigan State basically laid that contract right in front of Jonathan Smith he was never turning that job down considering Oregon State doesn't have a conference to play in next year uh, you know Michigan State money whipped the hell out of him too I mean that's the writing's been on the wall there for a while and unfortunately Texas had to rely on a team that was kind of halfway interested in these two games so 
Uh, yeah, look, I, I think for Texas, the best path for the Longhorns to make it to the playoff is Florida State losing. And Florida, and to hell with Florida. What a joke they are. I mean, Florida was up 12 to nothing against Florida State on Saturday night, but uh, they fell apart. We'll yeah, Florida State. State's defense reeled them right in. Yeah, matchup of backup quarterbacks. and sure. Florida State's backup was a little bit better. And Florida State's a really good team. I mean, it's it's not just Jordan Travis. They've got talent all over that roster. you got a defensive uh, line that can get after it, too. Yeah, but that's your hope. Uh, like, you got to root for Louisville. Honestly, if I'm if I'm the uh, equipment guy for Texas this weekend, I'm putting, you know, the normal helmets, the white helmet with the burnt orange longhorn on the sides, and then I'm also putting a little Louisville Cardinals logo on top. There you go. That's, that's what Texas needs, and that's a night game on Saturday night. So – uh, you know, like uh, there are a number of different scenarios that can get Texas into the college football playoff. But to me, the most realistic one, Georgia beats Alabama, Michigan beats Iowa. They ain't losing to Iowa. Uh, somebody, the Pac-12 winner is going to get in. I don't think there's any doubt about that. That game's Friday night. So we'll know who that is, you know, by the time Texas kicks off on Saturday. And then if Texas wins and Louisville beats Florida State, then I think the Longhorns slide into that fourth and final spot. That's the one. You need Louisville, who just lost to freaking Kentucky, which doesn't make any Texas fan feel better about Louisville's chances. But you need them to pull off the upset in the ACC championship game on uh, Saturday night. And if that happens, the Longhorns will get in. If not, yeah, all the all the celebrating we'll be doing if Texas wins the Big 12, because it'll be the first conference championship since 2009, and it will put the bow on a 12-1 and season. Yes. All incredible. All the celebrating we'll be doing, I don't want to say we'll be a waste of time because we'll still be happy, but it, it will sting a little bit on Saturday night if uh, if Texas doesn't get the results from around the country that it needs. Yeah, um, and, and Iowa, what what will what will Michigan do to Iowa, to that oh, offense? I mean, they're 23-point favorites, and that doesn't feel like nearly enough, does it? It just feels weird. I mean, I watched Iowa play over the weekend, and it just was kind of – they play – you know, they can they can tackle, they can do all those things. But I don't know how they're going to score against Michigan's defense. They're probably not. They're they're probably not, huh? What no. was that line? What was that line like? Twenty five or something? Twenty six? Yeah. That was one of my cousin's bigger bets of the weekend. The uh, total in the Iowa Nebraska game was twenty four and a half, which is the lowest total in a game in college football history, and the under hit because Iowa beat Nebraska thirteen to ten. Wow, that's incredible. Life is too short to bet the over on Iowa. I mean, there's not a number that's small enough. They could have made the number 17, and I, I would think Iowa was going to win like 10 to 6 or something like that. It's just what they do. It's just what they do. But, yeah, they're not – like their, their defense is great, but they're not going to be able to score on Michigan at all. So, uh, yeah, you're, you're not getting an upset there. Obviously, the interesting debate happens if Alabama beats Georgia. How about yeah. Alabama, by the way? Holy shit. The did Iron Bowl? Yeah, did they get out of one? Fourth and goal from the 31, and they nice, score? Nice prevent defense again. Oh, my God. How do you let that happen, Auburn? Like, that would have been a huge win for Hugh Freeze in year one. It would have knocked Alabama out of the college football playoff discussion. That only makes people skeptical of that guy now. You yeah. know that, right? That, yeah. Having that guy get open in the corner of the end zone? Not in the middle, just in the corner. Make that play. What a play by the quarterback from Alabama. Yep, ridiculous. Ridiculous that that happens. And the whole time I'm watching that game, I'm just like, hmm, y'all really think Alabama would beat Texas by like four touchdowns if they played again, huh? 
Because that's been the talk from a lot of college football pundits across the country. It's like, well, yeah, Texas got him, but that was in week two, and Alabama's a different team right now. And, oh, if they played again, Bama would blow them out. And I'm like, yeah. Uh, it would be a good football game. Yeah, they, they, they should have lost to Auburn. They needed a fourth and 31 to beat <laughs> uh, wow. an Auburn team that lost to New Mexico State by three touchdowns last week, and you're saying that team would undoubtedly kick the crap out of Texas? Really? No, but, they they wouldn't. That that would be it. Would be a good game, but it wouldn't be. Nobody would be kicking the crap out of anybody. No, no it wouldn't no. be definitely on Alabama's side right now. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you on that. Like, look, Alabama's good. There's no doubt they're good. But uh, can we stop the uh, Alabama D riding, please? Like, people are just trying to forget what Texas did uh, in their neck of the woods early in the season, and uh, hopefully that that stops the Alabama should be ranked ahead of Texas. Narrative what that's been out. If Alabama there. does beat Georgia. Does Georgia still play in the championship? I don't know. I don't know. That's where things get really, really interesting. Like I, I, I still think, and there will be a lot of people saying that Alabama should be in over Texas, but I still feel like Texas would be in over Alabama. Now, maybe I, do, I don't think the college football. I don't think the committee would let that happen. They yeah. would look at the the head to head competition on that one. Yeah, I'm with you there. So you know, obviously, it will depend on what happens, right? There's a scenario where both Texas and Alabama get in. Um, you know, Florida State obviously would have to lose in, in that scenario for that to happen. And then you could have Texas, Alabama, Michigan, and Pac-12 winner as your final four when it's all said and done. But, yeah, I don't know. I mean, Georgia Georgia could be uh, could be out in that spot. So, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, Georgia only opened up as like a five-point favorite against Alabama because Georgia didn't look that good on Saturday. No. Like, I, I thought that they, they were going to run away and hide from Georgia Tech. and. No. That was a one-possession game, and uh, yeah, Georgia Tech—they fought hard in that game. Georgia, Georgia's been so weird this year, right? Like they've been letting a lot of teams hang around, and then whenever you think, oh, maybe they're vulnerable, they blow somebody out. So Georgia's still really, really good. I expect them to beat Alabama on Saturday, but that game uh, a little bit more intriguing based on the way the Bulldogs looked against the Ramblin' Wreck. That's a, a group with almost forty-some wins in the SEC consecutive wins. Yeah. Ridiculous. Man. Hey, shout out to Sports Fan. Very uh, generic name right there. Love that. Sports Fan. Good job. With the nice uh, $20 super chat this morning. Appreciate the super chats, y'all. That, uh, that means a lot. That helps us keep Texas Sports Unfiltered rolling right here on YouTube and on the free Texas Sports Unfiltered app. If you haven't checked out our new app, you're missing out. It looks gorgeous. And you now have the ability to podcast old shows. You now have the ability to see the upcoming broadcast schedule. You can find all of our social media links. There's also a direct line to our Coda text line, 512-222-9328. All good things. All good things. So make sure you download that. Let folks know where we're going to be because we will be in Arlington. Oh, yeah. We'll be there. Uh, Still trying to finalize exact details for where we're going to be broadcasting this weekend. But come on. You you knew we weren't going to miss the Big 12 championship, first time. Oh, we know, we know our show, you and I will be on in Arlington at the Sheraton, Sheraton yeah. right there across from AT&T Center. Well, not, don't say across. It's about a mile away. It's a good walk if it's 30 degrees. I've made that walk before. But if, if, it's, if it's a nice 60 degrees, 70 degree day, it's a nice stroll up there yeah. from the Sheraton right there. So we'll be doing our show there on Friday morning. We're bright and nice and early. Right there by the desk, right by the front desk, we'll, we'll have a room. You can come in, sit down, say hello to us. Don't get behind us. Don't try to hug me. Don't try to hug up on me. We can't have that hugging up on stuff. No, no, we don't need any of that. Unless I can drop the headset and come over and hug you. 
depending on who you are. I'm oh, still getting well, that Thanksgiving hugs. If you're homeless, you're not getting a hug from the buck. <laughs> he doesn't do that. No. The people oh, who might need hugs more than anybody else don't get hugs from the buck. He hugs yeah. the rich, but not the poor. There you go. There you go. I give to the poor, but I give to the poor. You do give to the poor, and we uh, we give you credit for that one, sir. As our guy Glenn says, hey, like the video. We've got, uh, what, 175 folks in here on YouTube right now. Thank you. 47 likes. Just takes a split second to give us a thumbs up. It uh, helps the channel grow, so we do appreciate it. We're over 6,100 subscribers right now on the YouTube side, which uh, we are thankful. Speaking of Thanksgiving, we are thankful to all of you mm-hmm. who have been a part of Texas Sports Unfiltered. All right, Buck, before we get back into the Texas football conversation, more thoughts from the Tech win and uh, more thoughts on what the Longhorns need to do to make it into the Final Four. How about some shout-outs to some of our great sponsors? I'll tell you about my friends over at Relax the Back. You know, for years I've looked for some comfort for this unbelievably bad back that I have. I've got – I had thoracic surgery, reconstruction of my thoracic back. And I didn't know what I was going to do. I was, was I going to sit in a chair like BK has there or my couch up here? I needed support. And when I went to relax the back, I found that support in one of these wonderful, comfortable chairs that I've been sitting in for over 20 years. Now, I do get up and go to the bathroom. I don't sit in here for 20 years straight in the chair. But I love this back, this uh, chair from relax back. And you will, too. If you've got lumbar problems, if you've got thoracic back, neck problems, If you need a chair that's going to give you the support that you need and they'll give you the support for years to come, then go to our friends at Relax the Back. They embrace that holistic approach for a healthier lifestyle based on 35 years of proven expertise. 35 years, folks. Take advantage of all the great things that they have going on. They've got the Tempur-Pedic mattresses and pillows, of course. Perfect fitting pillows just for you. Sleep better. You'll feel better, believe me, with their two locations. They're located one of the locations is at in Bee Caves at the Hill Country Gallery across from Whole Foods and in Austin at the Gateway Shopping Center across from the Container Store. Live pain-free just like the buck at Relax the Bath. Yeah, I'm glad you haven't been sitting in the same chair for 20 years straight. That <laughs> could be an issue. You're like the grandparents and Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Don't leave. Just that right here. Just staying in the same bed. There's four of them having orgies nonstop in that bed. <laughs> they don't show that part in the movie, but uh, you know. Something was going on there. Uh, hey, Thanksgiving is past, which means Christmas is right around the corner, which means yes. music is here. And uh, how about a spot from our buddy Tom McKay at AV Consultations with the little holiday music blended in. Hi, this is Tom McKay, owner of Audiovisual Consultations, and all of us at Audiovisual would like to wish you and your family a happy holiday season. This time of year can get a little hectic, so we want to remind you to relax, enjoy the season with your family and friends, and give us a call for all your home entertainment needs. If you save the time you spend in traffic and big store crowds, you'd have more time with the people you actually enjoy. So smile, hug your kids, make love to your wife, and cheer the game with your friends. Call us at 255-8678. That's 512-255-8678 or online at avconsultations.com. By the way, thank you to the folks at Crown and Anchor for having us there on Friday. What a, what a great group of people over uh, at that. What an establishment. And what yeah. a nice crowd that came by. Awesome crowd that came by. Yep. Shout out to our guy, Big John, over there at Crown and Anchor. Yeah, fun pregame show out there in North Campus right by DKR before the uh, assing on friday that yes. was so yes. that's what it was man oh my it god really it really was so glorious because i think half the people i'm friends with in this life went to texas tech which uh boy that that says a lot about me and i feel like i need to apologize for that but 
I, I thought you might want to apologize for the guy that went past our koozies and you yelled at you yelled at him over the microphone. Hey, it's for free. You pass up our koozie. Yeah, no. he, like, he picked one up. We were giving out koozies. And if you meet us in Arlington this weekend, we'll have some koozies for you. Yeah, we had our, our Texas Sports Unfiltered koozies laying out on a table in front of us. This guy, like, picks it up, looks at it, and then puts it back down. And I'm like, <laughs> dude, we're giving you a free gift here. And you just looked at it, and you're like, nah, F your free gift. And F you, too. And then he came back, and BK was like, oh, now I don't think you need to have it anymore. Maybe yeah. you don't need that. Just keep on going. Yeah, that felt like a pity grab by that yeah. guy. It was a nice, nice, nice crowd. Oh, yeah, awesome spot. Shout out to Crown and Anchor. If you're looking for a place to watch the game this weekend, if you're not making it to Arlington, Crown and Anchor always a good spot. If you've been in Austin, if you went to UT or both, you know about Crown and Anchor over there in North Campus off of uh, San Jacinto. That place is legit. So what did you think of our, our, our opponent Saturday trying to blow the game on Saturday? Oh, my God, dude. How about, dude, Saturday, it was kind of nice playing on Friday. Right, because we could just watch all of the other games around the country on Saturday. Saturday was one of the best college football days that I can remember. Honestly, I mean, with the Alabama Auburn Iron Bowl finish, with the Oklahoma State BYU game, which was nuts. Obviously, with the Ohio State Michigan game that was close throughout early. Uh, Kentucky Louisville played a really really close game that had an epic comeback by the Cats late. The LSU A and M game was pretty interesting for a while. What was the other game? Washington, Washington State coming down to a game-winning field goal. Yeah, thanks for nothing, Wazoo. But that game was obviously close. Like, it was just, I mean, every 10 minutes, it felt like you had an epic finish in college football on Saturday. It was so glorious. Uh, And, yeah, the Oklahoma State-BYU game was nutty. I mean, OSU was a 17-point favorite, which I, I thought was way too much. Like, the way Oklahoma State has played recently, considering what BYU almost did against Oklahoma, right? They nearly beat OU last week, and I know that game was in Provo. Yes. I still felt like that was a lot of points, but I, I didn't think BYU was going to be up 24-6 to six at halftime, and Oklahoma State was ne- uh, was going to need an 18-point comeback to get the win, and then Oklahoma State takes that lead. They get the touchdown in the final two minutes, and you're like, oh, they've got it. It's over. They, they took care of business. They missed the extra point. Then BYU marches all, all the way back, and they tie the game to force overtime, and then BYU scores first in overtime, and it's like, oh, my God, they're about to do this, and we're about to get yeah. Texas part two. But Oklahoma State, they score. They force the second overtime. They get the touchdown to start the second overtime, and then they get the stop. And, uh, boy, hell of a play. I, didn't, I, I, I truly didn't. I did not want to see Oklahoma again. I know there are people that would say, yeah, I'd like to play them again a second time. I wanted Oklahoma State. I know. Uh, why is that? Were you worried about Oklahoma? No, I, they're a better team than Oklahoma State. I oh, believe. yeah. Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt about that. I know. On Oklahoma a neutral State. set, a neutral site. Yeah, I'd pick Texas to beat either of those teams. And I've literally said that since walking out of the Cotton Bowl back in early October. Uh, and look, for from a college football playoff standpoint, probably would have been better. Hell, it would have. It would have. Definitely would have been better if Texas got to play Oklahoma, right? Oklahoma's a better team. They're higher ranked. Obviously, it would have given Texas the opportunity to avenge its only loss of the season. So it would have been better on the CFP resume if we did get a Red River rematch. Uh, but, hey, Oklahoma shouldn't have lost to Oklahoma State or shouldn't have lost to Kansas. Then uh, they wouldn't have had to hope for a BYU upset to get uh, a, a chance in the Big 12 championship. Yeah, Oklahoma State, they – God, what a mess that was. And, look, I, I guess the good news, the silver lining is, like, Texas has a much better chance to do what it did against Texas Tech against Oklahoma State 
yes. than they would have against Oklahoma. Yes. Once again, I would have picked Texas to beat OU, but I would have expected that game to be a four-quarter game. Sure. That would maybe come down to the final possession, just like the game at the Cotton Bowl did. Uh, Oklahoma State's they're not good. They got hot in the middle of the year, um, and you know, give them credit for that. But they've cooled off a little bit. Uh, we know what happened to them in the non-con where they lost 33-7 to to South Alabama. Like, you look at their stats. I mean, their defense is amongst the worst in the Big 12 this year. Alan Bowman is just average at quarterback, and that might be putting it nice. He's like receivers and a great running back. Well, they got a great running back, and that's what Texas Tech had. And what did Texas just do to Texas Tech? Yes. Like, Oklahoma State has a worse statistical defense than uh, Texas Tech does. Alan Bowman actually transferred from Texas Tech because he wasn't good enough there. So I I don't know if he's much better than Baron Morton. Ollie Gordon's a stud, but like Oklahoma State is the the running back is their best player. And Texas just beat a team by 50 who had a running back as its best player. So the chance for the Longhorns to to put up those style points and impress the committee in blowout fashion is much higher now that you're playing Oklahoma State than I think it would have been against Oklahoma. Sure, so that, you're, you're right. That's, that's the good news there, I guess, for Texas. Indoors, it'll be perfect. The weather will be perfect there. So, it's, yeah, it sets up pretty good for, for Texas. Just get healthy, heal up, get that extra day to heal up and get ready to play a championship game now. Yeah. And then from that point, you're going to need some help. So Yeah, and you know, uh, I said it last week, man, I'm all about vengeance. And Texas has a chance to beat every Big 12 right. team that is staying in the Big 12. The hateful eight, as some folks have coined them the uh, eight teams that were in the Big 12 last year that uh, will be staying in the Big 12 next year. Obviously, Texas and Oklahoma, the two headed to the SEC. Texas can leave the Big 12 with a win in the final matchup against all eight of those teams if they take care of business against Oklahoma State. They played um, six of the teams this year. They didn't get West Virginia, but the Longhorns beat West Virginia in 2022. So the last ever mountain, uh, matchup against the Mountaineers was a win for Texas. Oklahoma State right now, the only team that Texas has not beaten that's going to remain in this conference beyond 2022 or 2023, and they get the chance to play them. So, yeah, yeah. the opportunity to avenge the loss to OU, it would have been great. I would have been perfectly fine with Texas OU Part 2, but uh, it kind of feels fitting because Mike Gundy has had the Longhorns number in recent years. Kind of feels fitting that he's the uh, quote-unquote final boss for Texas as the Longhorns try to win the Big yeah, 12 championship. Yeah, and weird things happen. I know they happen when you're playing in Stillwater, but weird things happen when you're playing Oklahoma State in a championship game huh. and you're leaving – you know, We've never had that happen. We've never played Oklahoma State in a championship game. I'm just saying weird things happen when you play Oklahoma State. And now that mm. you're playing them in a championship game, I don't want your Mark's guy – you know, I don't want his guys – to interfere. They couldn't interfere last week. There's nothing they could do. They couldn't throw enough flags to prevent no. that ass whip, that assing that you call. <laughs> they couldn't they couldn't throw enough. They could have thrown 12 flags. It wasn't gonna work. It no, just the refs aren't a factor when you win by 50. Right. There's there's nothing even that, that they group, can do. even in that officiating group. Yeah, even Kevin Moore, who uh was on the call. On Friday, which scared me, and it scared every Texas fan, and or the reaction at Crown and Anchor during our pregame show on oh, Friday yeah. when we announced that Kevin Moore was on the call for Texas, Texas Tech. People started losing their minds, but it didn't matter. And, look, Texas played so well in the second half against Iowa State that they also kind of took that game out of the officials' hands. Right. So, yeah, you, you, know, uh, you know the officials. The officials are, by the way, Brett Yormark's the happiest man in the world that Oklahoma State didn't lose on Saturday. Because there was nothing that that guy wanted less than 
having to hand the trophy to Texas or Oklahoma. He wouldn't have had a choice. Championship. Yeah, like he, he still has a chance to uh, to get a team that's staying to win the conference this year. But obviously, if it was Texas and OU, he wouldn't have had the choice, like you said. Uh, so he was happy with the Oklahoma State win. But no, if Texas plays that way, then we're not going to be talking about the Zebras at all because they're they're so much better than Texas Tech, and I think they're significantly better than Oklahoma State. And the Longhorns are like 14-and-a-half-point favorites right now. Yeah, speaking it's basically of, the same line that Texas had going into Texas Tech. Speaking of putting that nail in the coffin for a group, the Mountaineers may have done that for, for Baylor, for their head coach. No, they yep. already came out and said he's staying. Really? Yeah, another I thought that was surprising. Year? Yep, yeah, they're giving Dave Aranda another year. Wow. Which, yeah, they uh, they blew a lead against West Virginia over the weekend. And what did Baylor finish with? Three wins this year? Four wins this year? Four. God, yeah. No, he uh, he's sticking around, apparently. We had a number of coaches lose their jobs. Dana Holgerson at Houston lost his gig over the weekend. Uh, and, God, we got to get into the – Anim coaching search. You want to do that? Let's give let's give some shout outs to our sponsors. Okay. But what a clown show in College Station over the weekend, where it felt like the Aggies were closing in on hiring Kentucky head coach Mark Stoops to Uh-oh. be their next head. That man. name that name doesn't work in the state of Texas. It just then, doesn't work. It just won't work. Let me tell you yeah, about. I I'll tell you what name does. Dr. Greg Eckert and his group of all star professionals. They do general dentistry, and of course, they do the advanced work and restoring teeth is advanced work. I got mine done, folks. In just two days, they got these beautiful veneers put in by Dr. Eckert, and I've been happy with them for the last six years, and you can do the same. But if you're interested in doing something maybe a little less expensive, how about dental implants? Find out if you're a candidate to have dental implants done. That means turning that frown upside down in just one day. That means you can go in with a frown. You'll come out with a big old smile. Give them a call today at 512-345-3166. Dr. Eckert also does extractions, teeth cleaning, teeth whitening, tooth loss solutions, and you can have that great smile, as I said, in just two visits. But, folks, if you've got an opportunity to use your dental insurance, we are getting towards that time. Now we're after Thanksgiving. So start to think about getting those uh, appointments with Dr. Record. And he is taking on new patients, and he will be in 2024. As I said, IV sedation also may be the way to go. If you're afraid just to get your teeth clean, if you have to have IV sedation just to get your teeth clean, Dr. Dr. Ecker will do just that because he wants you to take care of your dental health. It does affect your general health, too. Once again, 512-345-3166, over 1,400 cases of restoring teeth. How about this? 28 years of business in Central Texas. He's our dentist. He should be your dentist also. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Shout out to Doc U and also shout out to our great friends at 7-Eleven. Yeah. Gotten a couple of super chats this morning and. Boy, we can turn those into some 7-Eleven pizzas, can't we? Yes, we can. Those rollers, the nachos. Get your hands off the rollers. Get your hands off the wieners. Yeah, you do not like hands on your wiener, which is no. interesting. But hey, to each to each his or her own. Um, we love our friends at 7-Eleven. They've got everything. You know what 7-Eleven has. You don't need me to tell you what they've got. But hey, if you're uh, on your way to work this morning and you're dragging a little bit from the long holiday weekend, you need to pick me up. Well, they've got coffee at 7-Eleven. They've got all the energy drinks, the Red Bulls, the Monsters, all of that stuff. They've got it at 7-Eleven, plus food that you could snack on, gas for your car if you need that. My uh, hard copy to today. Get my hard copy. There mm. you go. You're going to be the only person doing that, so congrats to the <laughs> Austin American Statesman for having one customer this week. <laughs> me, just the guy who has the hard copy waiting for me. That's yep. why I don't read the newspaper. 
because it's garbage. Thank you, Coach. We'll see that. We'll see enough of that guy. Got to see the mullet man this week. Oh, you know he's going to be speaking. uh, Just like Joey McGuire will be speaking that trash. Oh, they're leaving us? Good. Good for him. We got rid of him in a, a a year sooner than we wanted to. He'll be talking smack, too. Yeah, and Gundy was able to back up that smack against Oklahoma, right? Because oh, yeah. he was talking a lot of trash about OU in the offseason and also the week before Bedlam this season. And, well, unlike Texas Tech, uh, Oklahoma State actually got the job done against their biggest rival. So uh, they'll be motivated. Once again, Mike Gundy has been a thorn in Texas's side in the Big 12. And, uh, yeah, Oklahoma State, they're playing for a conference championship. They're going to be jazzed up. They're going to be ready to roll this weekend. There's no doubt about that. Um, and yeah, I, I am uh, fascinated to hear what Mike Gundy has to say at his game oh, yeah. week press conference later today, and we'll see if there's any uh, jabs. Yeah, they got to feel like they are they are the leader in the clubhouse to take take over in the Big Twelve. That Texas and Oklahoma are gone. They've got to feel like you know we've got we've got the seniority and the coaching staff. We should be able to be the next ones. But where is Arizona going? Is Arizona coming this way? Yeah, Arizona will be. Andrew, in boy, you were right, BK. They are good. Yeah, they are really, really man, good. Man, I watched them Saturday. They've come a long way. Yeah, Jet Fish. That was a guy who was uh, linked to the A&M opening for a while, and uh, it fell through. I don't know if Fish said no or if A&M just decided they wanted to go in a different direction. Yeah, Arizona's playing some damn good football. I know Arizona State sucks this year. Yeah. But just look at what uh, look at what Bear Down has done over the last two months or so. They've been playing like a top-10 team. Yeah, they have. And, uh, yeah, what is it, year two for Fish, year three for Fish? Whatever it is, he's done a tremendous job rebuilding that Arizona program that has been dead for a while now. And, uh, yeah, they got it done. They got it done over the weekend. So, all right, Texas A&M, Buck, this is – you might have been asleep. You probably were asleep when all of this was going down on Saturday night. But there were a number of tweets from both sides saying that Texas A&M was zeroing in on Kentucky head coach Mark Stoops to be its next head coach. And it just felt like that was going to happen. And then two hours later, you see Mark Stoops tweet something out that said, nope, I am not going to A&M. I am staying here at Kentucky. And then the next day, Texas A&M pivots, and then they end up going with Mike Elko. And it feels like that's actually going to happen. I don't know if it's official from the university, but more smoke to the Mike Elko fire than there was for Mark Stoops. But man, for for a couple of hours on Saturday night, it felt like there was going to be a Stoops on Texas's schedule every year once again. And I don't know what happened. I don't know if AM got cold feet because once those tweets came out, Buck, AM fans were pissed. Oh, and the bet. message boards like they they did not want Mark Stoops. I don't know if that was you know, the a Board of Regents getting cold feet. Like, they floated out the Stoops rumors, and they're like, okay, let's see what our fan base thinks about this. If they like it, we'll go through with it. And if not, uh, we'll pull the plug. I don't know if it was, uh, hey, man, this thing is going to happen. Uh, let's agree on a deal. We're going to hire you, Mark Stoops. And then they saw the reaction from a and fans, and they're like, yeah, Mark, never mind. We don't want you anymore. I don't know how it went down. Maybe it was Mark Stoops who's like, hey, I've got a good thing at Kentucky right now. They gave me some more money. Maybe that uh... – Apparently they did there, was, there were uh, reports out from, like, the biggest Kentucky insider out there that said Mark Stoops did not get a raise to stay at Kentucky. But he's got a good setup with that being a basketball school, and there's never a lot of pressure. Obviously, you go to AM and you don't win, you're going to get fired. You'll get I a nice buyout. he's the winningest coach at, in Kentucky history, too. Yeah. Surpassing yeah, he's done a great Bryan, I believe. 
yeah, he's done a great job at Kentucky. And, uh, yeah, A&M fans did not seem super in on the Mark Stoops hire. And uh, nobody knows yet exactly how it went down. There's a lot of he said, she said stuff in regards to the A&M coaching search. But once again, for it was like Aaron Rodgers with the Jets. Uh, he, he was he was the head coach. He was their quarterback for like uh, two minutes. It felt like Mark Stoops was the head coach at AM for a couple of minutes, maybe a couple of hours on Saturday, and then wow. boom, just like it falls through. And, and now Mike Elko, the former Aggie defensive coordinator, who of course has been the head coach at Duke for the last two years, he is uh, the target and the likely replacement for Jimbo in Aggieland. Yeah, that makes more sense anyway. Having Mike yeah. Elko as their, as their guy, he's done a good job. He's done a great job at Duke. Yeah, he really, really yeah, has. Yeah, yeah. He's a good coach. He's a good football coach. It's man, I like I, I've and been back. Jeff Taylor deal just never caught, just never caught on, huh? No, he he. I I was right on that. He just wasn't a sexy enough name for AM. Like I that that was the hire that I think would have scared me more than just about any other. Now, AM fans thought they had a chance to get Ryan Day at Ohio State or Dabo Sweeney at Clemson. Oh, yeah, they were waiting for Ryan Day to get fired. Yep, or Urban Meyer. There were some talks about that, too. Like, any of those hires would have scared me more than Jeff Trailer, of course. Uh, but, no, I, like, I thought Jeff Trailer would have been a great hire for A&M. That guy's won everywhere he's been. It just made too much sense for the Aggies. Yeah, and, and Elko's – I think Elko's a decent hire. Uh, he obviously knows the program, being the defensive coordinator there for a few years. A&M's best year under Jimbo Fisher came when Elko was the D.C. back in 2020. Uh, and like you said, he did a good job turning Duke around. Still – only two years as a head coach, though. He was 16 and nine as uh, the head coach at Duke. Now, that's not horrible at, at Duke, but we're talking about Duke. We're talking about a group that played some pretty nasty defense at Duke this year. I mean, he's, I know he's a defensive minded guy and can get it done, but I mean, they had that young quarterback that had a, had a really, really nice year, some nice receivers over the last two years. And I mean, he, he picked that program, you know. I mean, unless Krzyzewski's coaching, they had that football team play the way they did at Duke. That's a pretty good turnaround right there at a program like that. Yeah. He's going, mean, to be able, he's going to be able to come back there and recruit. He's going to hire a staff. He's going to hire guys off of that staff right there that know how to recruit because they've had great recruiting classes. So you got to keep a couple of the guys that are on that staff right there for recruiting-wise. Sure. And look, I mean, a lot of the current AM players who played under Mike Elko are happy with this hiring. Sure. Uh, a lot of AM players wanted the interim coach to get the job, but that's how it always works, right? Because right. you've got a relationship with the guy in house, so you want to stick it out with that guy. Uh, I think AM players and fans are happier that it's Mike Elko than Mark Stoops. Uh, AM's going to recruit regardless. It's like Texas. Uh, Texas is always going to recruit. Like Charlie Strong had no ties to the state of Texas at all. Right. And he was able to recruit. He just couldn't develop and he couldn't win. Uh, Tom Herman was able to recruit. He just couldn't develop and he couldn't win. Uh, same thing with AM. Like they, I mean, they just brought in the best recruiting class in the history of recruiting classes two years ago. Right. They've got money and resources and all sorts of stuff that's always going to make it easy for them to recruit. They play in Texas, recruiting hotbed. They're in the SEC, the best conference in the country. They've got a lot going for them. So recruiting's not the issue in Aggieland. It's, it's just development. And we'll see if Mike Elko can uh, develop that talent. He did a good job at Duke. Now, I, I will say this. We can't act like Duke has never won before. This is not like Kansas State before Bill Snyder got there. Like David Cutcliffe was a solid coach at Duke for a number of years. So well, even if they didn't make a bowl, that was great at Duke. I mean, if they got five wins. That they was- were making bowls a lot with David Cutcliffe as their, their head coach. So 
Like, yeah, they, they had fallen off hard towards the end of Cutcliffe's era. And Duke got off to a really good start this year. They were ranked for a little bit. They hosted college game day for the first time in program right. history. Uh, I'm not I'm not trying to sit here. I already said earlier, Mike Elko did a really good job at Duke. But uh, I don't I don't want people to think like, oh, man, he did something just super unprecedented at Duke. They've never had a coach go seven yeah, and like five. They, they only what, had two wins. No, they, they've been winning. Was. They went seven and five this year. Now, their quarterback, Riley Leonard, got hurt and missed some time. That obviously knocked the wheels off the tracks. For Duke a little he bit. He was a young man. He he's, he's back for a couple more years, isn't he? The quarterback? I have he's no idea. sophomore, I believe, PK. Riley Leonard? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, 21 years old. So, well, everybody can come back. Nobody graduates in That's college true. anymore. Uh, I just like I, – I it's an average hire for A&M. Like, it's not the splashiest hire they could have made. I don't think it's the best hire they could have made. I don't think it's the worst hire they could have made. But yeah. since he's been there, he's part Aggie now. Since right. he's been on that campus for a while. So I just, he does have that tie. I just wonder if Stoops would have been better, man. Like, that guy's just – he's more proven than Elko is. Yeah. And I mean, like you said, very similar to his coach very to Kentucky. It was very similar like, to Duke. I mean, the turnaround that he had. No, it was bigger at, at Kentucky. Yeah. I mean, he was there for way longer. Like, yeah. If Elko stayed at Duke for as long as Stoops was at Kentucky and he had the same level of consistent success that Kentucky had, then okay, then for sure, go with Elko. But I don't know. Like Stoops, we'll see. Time will tell. They're in the same conference. Uh, and if Kentucky beats A&M a couple of times over the next few years when they play, then that will uh, be hilarious. But I just I wonder if Stoops would have been the better move. Aggie fans know Elko, so I think they like Elko a little bit more. And no Stoops coaching football in the state of Texas. Yeah, you're okay with that. that. Yeah, 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 yeah. He couldn't be in the state. Hmm. So I don't know. I don't know. Maybe uh, Ross Bjork, the AD at A&M, was like, well, the other Stoops had a lot of success against Texas, so let's hire his brother. Maybe he's going to have a lot of success against Texas because we're about to see them every year again. But for whatever reason, that deal fell through. And it's it's a bad look for A&M. I mean, look, if Mike Elko goes in there and does a great job and A&M is winning 10 games every season and competing for conference championships like they never do, then no one's going to care about how no. silly this coaching search looked. But as of right now, uh, A&M's got some egg on its face. And a lot of Aggie fans aren't real happy with Ross Bjork and the job that he did here. And if this thing falls through, uh, well, he's not going to get to hire Mike Elko's replacement because they're going to be looking for somebody oh, yeah. who's like him. That's, you're absolutely right. Yeah, very Aggie-like coaching search for the Aggies there. So we'll take your thoughts. Hit us up on the code of text line, 512-222-9328. If you uh, want to chime in, yeah, and you're right. Just uh, trailer just didn't have he just didn't have that splash to him. I mean, yeah. UTSA still playing, still doing what they need to do, but just wasn't good enough. Right. Yeah, I thought I thought trailer made a lot of sense down there. Now I wonder if Houston's going to go after Jeff Trailer. Or they should. I mean, that that would only make sense. Yeah, that's not as big of a step up for Trailer as A and M would have been, but. Still, I mean, UTSA is in the ACK, and Houston's now in the Big 12. Uh, it's a little bit of a, an upgrade, I think, for trailer. Well, the, the, I mean, and his, and his closeness to high school coaches, I mean, you're talking about in the Houston area, is huge. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now, that'd be a great hire for Houston. Uh, that's the first guy they should call. I mean, there have been some Cliff Kingsbury rumors down at UH. Uh, Willie Fritz, the head coach at Tulane, has been rumored to be in the mix. That's as very well. interesting, Willie Fritz. Yeah, I uh, I don't think G.J. Kinney is going to get looks yet. I mean, he's done an amazing job 
at Texas State, but it's just you don't want to play them. State. You just don't want to play them. Yeah, you don't want to play them. I would have no problem playing Texas State. You're terrified of them for some reason. Um, don't mess with the cats right now. Yeah, I don't think GJ Kinney's going to be in the mix just yet. But once again, he has done a really, really good job in his first year in San Marcos. So yeah, that's uh, if I'm Houston, those are the guys that I'm going after. I mean, Jeff Trailer's the first guy that I'm calling and seeing if I can poach him away from UTSA, but maybe Trailer's going to stick it out there and hope for something better than Houston. Hey, maybe they call back Tom Herman. Oh, oh, that's scary. Wow. Maybe they would. I mean, they were pissed when Herman left and, you know, they, they hated him, but I think they would take Tom Herman back. You think they'd take him back if he wanted that job back in Houston? So. Yeah. He and got he that city going. That was a fun year. I mean, it really was. Even being at, around Texas football, Tom Herman had a, he had the city cranked up, didn't he? Oh, man. I mean, he had a couple of really, really good years. But obviously they uh, won a New Year's Six Bowl with Tom Herman as the coach. They beat Oklahoma in a non-conference game with Tom Herman as oh, the head coach. I remember that one. Like, I was at that game. I mean, that's how he got the job at Texas. He did a tremendous job at the U of H. So, uh, yeah, I, I think there are some Houston fans who would be – on board with bringing Hermie back. No way. No, yeah. they don't want that guy back. I don't think they will. But, dude, I was doing radio down there for a couple of years, and some of my buddies who are UH fans were like, no, we'd take Tom Herman back. So I know he didn't have a great year at Florida Atlantic. I don't know if anybody was watching Florida Atlantic. I'm kind of mad at myself for knowing that Florida Atlantic didn't have a great year. But, hey, we all check in on our exes from time to time. Yes. Uh, but I, I don't know. Like, there are some Houston fans who I think would be like, yeah, bring them back. Bring them on back. Get, let's on. get the city going again. Because the city was buzzing, man. I'm telling you. I'm I telling you. down there. It just seems like I was down there for that Oklahoma game. That place was just nuts downtown. They were easy to root for, too. I mean, I, I had no reason to ever root for the University of Houston, but they were fun to watch. Like you said, Greg Ward Jr. at quarterback. And oh, yeah. Herman is head coach, and they had some talent on both sides of the ball. And yeah, Ed Oliver a, was there. And Oliver, of course, top 10 pick, now still getting it done with the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, they uh, they had a lot going for them for a few years with Tom Herman there, but I don't I don't think he's going to get that job. Uh, yeah, I did see Ed Oliver yesterday down at the goal line on the tush push. He was, he was back by the goal post. When they were done with him last yesterday, hmm. yeah, we get a. He did beat he did beat up on a, a couple of individuals on that offensive line for the Eagles yesterday. Yeah, he made some swim moves that got into the backfield pretty quick. He's great. Yeah, really, really talented player. We yeah. got, we can get into the NFL too. Plenty of that to talk about. Of course, the Cowboys taking care of their business on Turkey Day. The Texans coming up just a little bit short. Oh from uh, what would have been a huge victory over Jacksonville down in H-Town yesterday. Speaking of Houston, obviously the Eagles-Bills game was pretty epic yesterday afternoon. Uh, plenty of NFL to get into, but let's uh, let's give some shout-outs to some of the folks who can make this happen, Buck. Uh, no doubt about it. How about our good friends at Covert BK? I want to thank the Covert family for having us out there all season long, our pregame shows, of course, our meet and greets on Friday of home games, but the Covert family has been fantastic, and they've been fantastic since 1909. Their family's been selling cars, trucks, and SUVs in Central Texas. And Covert Ford and Chevy and Hutto, and of course, there's Covert Lincoln and Ford in Austin. Now, when you get out to beautiful bee caves, they got 42 unbelievable acres out there with seven brands. Buicks, GMCs, Cadillacs, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and of course, the Ram is out there. And folks, when you start to get out there and you need to have your car serviced, like I said before, if you buy your car, say, from Hutto 
or you buy it up north on 183, one of, one of the dealerships there, but you live out near bee caves and you need to have it serviced, they'll service your car if you buy it from anywhere at the Coverts. They'll service it out there in bee caves because they've got an unbelievable establishment out there. As I said, cars, trucks, and SUVs. And while you're out there, for more information, go to covertbeecave.com to find out about the great sales. The holiday sales are out, but they have it's a holiday every week at Covert BK for sure. Say hello to Dan Covert, Mike, Stacy, Jerome, the whole gang out there. And folks, believe me, nobody beats a Covert deal. Not now, not ever. Not ever. Shout out to Covert. Shout out to Altstat Beer as well. Oh, man. Thanksgiving. Oh, boy. I left the Altstat in the fridge at my parents' place. So we didn't have it out with the meal. What? what? Now, did I blow it? What were you doing, Manischewitz? Or was that strategy by me? That was not strategy because it's still down there. No, I took it back to Austin. Oh, you did? Did I I intentionally leave the Altstat in the fridge so nobody could drink it? And I just wanted it for myself? So now my fridge is stocked with it? Uh, I don't know. I blew it. Uh, That's actually what happened. But Altstat, hopefully you had some. I did have some (laughs) this weekend. In Galveston, and then back in Austin, enjoying the football on Saturday. I was just posted up on my couch drinking Altstats while I'm doing some dog sitting at my sister's place. Nice. Love the Altstat beer. If you haven't tried it yet, you're missing out. I've been talking about Altstat for years, for years. I've been with these guys since day one, right when they opened their brewery up in Fredericksburg, and I truly believe in what they're selling. I, I tell the Altstat guys all the time, like, they don't even need me. The, the beer is so good that it sells itself. If you haven't tried it yet, you're missing out. If you have tried it, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Get you some for Monday Night Football tonight, for Bowl Weekend, for Conference Championship Weekend. Bowl Weekend, I don't know what that is. Just get you some old stat beer. It's the perfect beer to accompany your sports watching, to accompany whatever you have going on in the fall and into the winter. It's available at HEB, Specs, Twin Liquors, Total Wine. Wherever you buy your beer, you can find old stat beer. No impurities, no regret. Let me ask you, did you watch the Iowa State game, the Kansas State game? Did you watch it in the snow? That looked like a lot of fun. Yes, I did. And that was a big win for Iowa State going into Manhattan. Man. Winning that game. Yeah, snow game. A lot of fun. Snow game. Kansas State's defense, I don't know what the hell happened to them. Like, they were getting picked apart by Kansas's third-string quarterback the week before, and I thought that was interesting. And then in the snow, where, you know, you're not supposed to be able to throw the ball when it's snowy and windy like it was in the Little Apple on Saturday. I mean, Iowa State just chunk play after chunk play after chunk play through the air. And the K-State's defense just couldn't get off the field. Like, K-State ran 40 more plays than Iowa State did, but Iowa State just had so many explosive plays and long touchdowns that uh, they went on the road and actually got the win. Yeah, and, and, you know, we talked in the pregame show, I said I needed to see four explosive plays by Texas in that game, and they've got – so we ended up counting uh, two in the special teams. I mean, the kickoff return, the punt block. We had the long run, and we had a nice pass. I mean, I thought everything I thought everything worked out well for Texas. They had four nice explosive plays. And for the long run by Blue was fantastic. What a hole. I mean, that was one that you didn't have. That was one that you just had to see the hole to get through. He didn't have to make anybody miss. He just outran everybody. He's got great speed. Yeah. Yeah, it was a great play design by Steve Sarkeesian. Lots of counters by Texas over the last couple of weeks. Yep. They're finding out these running backs here. Like, uh, now, Jonathan Brooks can run the counter and everything else, but he can also run the, the zone off tackle. But the, the young backs that they have right now, 
they're giving them two-way goes, you know, in this counter play where if they, it gets kicked out, they get up inside. And if it gets hooked, they bounce outside. So I think they're, I think Sark finding a little bit of rhythm in his counter game has really helped out this run game. And it's helped out the, the offensive line too because now they have trust in guys being able to pull and run out in front. And, and yeah. you, can see the, you can see the difference in their run game, especially with the two, with the two young guys playing running back. Yeah, I thought uh, Texas's offensive line played really well on Friday night. I feel like that's two good games in a row for the Texas offensive mm-hmm. line. And we knew those guys needed to step up with the injury to Jonathan Brooks. Uh, you know, you were losing something in the backfield with Brooks not being a part of things. And uh, the guys around these running backs needed to step their game up to elevate these Texas running backs. And I thought the O-line did that. And I feel like, yeah, Sark for the second week in a row had some really, really creative run concepts that helped the offensive line, that helped the running backs and confused the opposing defenses. So yeah, yeah. Christian Jones is starting to have a couple lapses every once in a while. So we need to get on with it. I, with that dude, he's, he's had a couple of little false starts and, and not paying attention. He's had a hold, but it's, but when I say when they pull and run, boy, are they athletic big guys running. Yeah. I mean, they, they had 528 yards of total offense and they ran it for 302. Right? Yes. I don't have anything bad to say about the, uh, offensive line from that performance and it's funny if you take out texas's three most explosive runs obviously the 69 yard touchdown by Jaden blue that you talked about and savion red had a 24 yarder and trey weisner had a 21 yarder if you remove those three runs i know you hate doing this but this just shows you how dominant texas was running the football on friday take out the three biggest runs texas still averaged 5.9 yards a carry wow that's good yeah. stuff obviously you throw those runs in there and it's 8.6 yards a carry so gotta count them uh, all. yeah yeah if you're counting Absolutely. quarterbacks being sacked against your run game, you got to count those big runs too. Yep, definitely, definitely. So that was really, really good to see. Yeah, Texas's ground game uh, hasn't missed a beat without Jonathan Brooks, and obviously, don't say that to disparage Jonathan Brooks. We know how good he is. Oh yeah, it's been impressive watching some of these other guys up their game. And uh, yeah, look, Texas couldn't get one dimensional, especially with Quinn Ewers not at a hundred percent. They had to still be able to run the ball effectively. Yeah, without their Doak Walker semifinalist. And they've clearly been able to do that in these last two games, and they're going to have to be able to do it again. Yeah, and, I, and as I said, I like the way the the play callers call and plays because if he's successful with that counter, it doesn't take him long to get right back to it. I mean, I, he's he's getting kind of stubborn with the counter play, and I like it. I, I mean, I like it. I like it a lot because I think he he feels when he blocks back to the to the center blocking back and guards blocking back and pulling the the, the backside guys. He feels comfortable that they can do those things, and which opens up a two-way go for the running backs. Keep it up, coach. Keep running the counter at them. They'll grow. They'll grow to hate that. They'll grow to hate that. You know, the, when, once you get to the next level, once you get to the championship game, and once you get to the SEC, if you get if you get the counter going in the SEC, teams will hate being having guys blocked back. But they'll also have guys that can, if you vacate an area, they'll be right in your hip pocket, running right down the line too. Yeah. But, but it, I, I just I, – I like it. I, I like it for the future. As I said, I like it for the future of the running backs. They're going to have a couple more guys come. I got to believe Jonathan Brooks is going to come back for another year because he's going to have to prove to the NFL that he's, you know, still good enough off of, off of a knee. He'll, he'll have to prove that to them. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're obviously focused on 2023 because Texas is playing for a conference championship and a spot in the college football playoff. But – thinking about the future of this running back room. I mean, it's yes. hard not to be excited about that because I'm with you. I think Jonathan Brooks is definitely coming back now. 
you've obviously got C.J. Baxter returning. You've got Jaden Blue returning. And then Jarrett Gibson, one of the highest-rated recruits sure. in this class of 2024 for Texas, will be a part of the program as well. Uh, hell, Trey Wisner, Savion Red, those guys showed you a little something-something against Texas Tech. So maybe one of those guys hits the portal. Maybe one of them's like, dude, there are just too many cooks in this kitchen. I got to go somewhere else so I can be the starting running back. Well, if but- I'm Trey Wisner, I'd go somewhere and so I can go play some football. Yeah. I liked him in the spring because I, I kept asking, who is that kid? He does just enough, and he's got just enough power and, and elusiveness to be playing somewhere than to be the backup to the backup to the other backup. You know what I mean? I was thinking he ought to go somewhere where he can really play. Yeah. You know? Yeah, he's been great on special teams for Texas. He was a freaking monster on special teams against Texas Tech. Uh, obviously, you'd love all of those guys to stay. Uh, credit to to Shard Choice, the running backs coach, as oh, yeah. says. I mean, what a job that guy's done recruiting, but also developing talent in the running back room. And obviously, he was uh, thrown a challenge, a little bit of a curveball, if you will, when Jonathan Brooks tore his ACL. But these running backs have, uh, once again, they haven't missed a beat. They picked up oh, exactly no. where Jonathan Brooks left off and – uh, the entire coaching staff deserves credit for that. Obviously, the players deserve the credit for that, too. But you got to hone in on the position coach and and give some serious love and flowers to coach. That dude can recruit, too. He can recruit. He, I mean, he he gets down in that Florida area. When you start bringing running backs, you, you know you get them out of the state of Texas because the best of the best should want to come to Texas and play running back anyway. But when you get in the state of Florida and start getting the best of the running backs from the state of Florida, getting them away from Florida State, Miami and University of Florida. That's coaching now. Yeah. That's, getting, that's getting after it. Yeah, and it's been a good mix, right? Because Jonathan Brooks is from Texas. Jaden Blue is from Texas. But then C.J. Baxter and Jarrett Gibson are Florida guys. Yeah, and I think he has so, – I mean, yeah. And having – you know, these guys having having the ability to go out of, out of state to Texas and go and recruit other places, getting to Arizona and places like they've been recruiting, that's good stuff. It is. It is. It is like, obviously you want to win your state and you can win championships with instant sure. talent alone. But look, Texas isn't the only team recruiting in the Lone Star State. Uh, the schools are going to come in and poach some of your guys, which means you've got to be able to go around the country and have some success there. And wait till you start getting down to that Atlanta area. Wait till you get in the SEC and start recruiting Atlanta where the kids where some of those kids are going to Georgia. Texas is getting kids that were, were saying they were going to Alabama that were coming. So Wait till they get into the Atlanta area and start hitting that place pretty heavy. That's going to be good stuff for Texas in the future. Yeah, that's the cool part about this season, right? Like this doesn't feel, at least to me, and I would love to hear your thoughts on this, Buck, this doesn't feel like the apex no. of this Texas football program. This this feels like the start. Now, I'm not guaranteeing that Texas is going to be 11-1 and one every year in the SEC no. and that they're going to be playing for a conference championship every year in the SEC. Like you I get a lot that. to replace next year. There's, of, there's of a course. lot of guys to replace. But like this, this doesn't feel like a one-off. Like this, this feels like Texas is clearly building something that has lasting power. Yeah, they haven't. Still, they haven't found that war daddy on defense that plays defensive end. That's just a killer dog. I don't, they, they, they haven't come to that part yet. You know, they, they've got to find two of those somehow, some way. Oh, edge rusher. I mean, they got edge the rusher, best D, yeah. They got the best D line in the country. They got some war daddies. Well, well, you know? they don't have any war daddies on the corners there, on the at, at defensive end that are pass rushers yet. They haven't, they haven't got to that part yet. You know, they've got guys that have been able to sustain because of the two monsters in the middle, but they don't have, they don't have edge rushers yet, mm-hmm. or they haven't developed edge rushers yet. They, they've got some good ones. I mean, they're, they're not 
I, 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 yeah, okay. Maybe I wouldn't go war daddy there. But, hey, hopefully Anthony Hill can turn into that. And then Colin Simmons, the five-star out of Duncan, right. part of this class. Uh, hopefully you've got guys who uh, can fill that role that you're talking about. Uh, when you see them, I mean, you know them when you see them. When you see them play, no matter who they play against, they just take care of business. That that recruiting, as I said, will pick up. Like I said, they'll get they'll start getting those Georgia kids and kids in that Atlanta area where – between between Alabama and Georgia, they're all in that little area. You can grab a couple out of there. The yeah. ones that you can handpick and say, "Yeah, this is what we need on our defense." That's going to be fantastic. I think they, I think they found the areas where they can find the running backs. Yeah, it's just a, a snowball effect, right? Yes. I mean, it's impressive that Sark was able to bring in a top three class in the nation last year, coming off of mm-hmm. an eight and five year, and then you know two years removed from a five and seven year. And then we've all been saying this. It's just like, God, yeah, Texas is still recruited well, but what happens if they actually start winning games? Right. And they start developing talent and they're sending guys off to the NFL. Like, then what happens on the recruiting front for Texas? And we're starting to see that. Like, guys are getting developed. Texas is going to have a ton of high draft picks. I mean, Longhorns might have, I don't know, five or six guys taken in the first two days of oh, the yeah. NFL draft. When you think of Sweat, when you think of the two receivers, when you think of the tight end, when you think of hell, maybe Byron Murphy's in that mix too. I would say, yeah, he very much should be. Like this, this, uh, this roster is just littered with NFL talent, and it's cool that guys are actually being developed. Because Texas, for years, was a place where four and five star kids would just go to die, and now it's like, no, these dudes are actually living up to their billing, and the coaching staff is turning them into Sunday players, and that's why you're seeing this team win 11 games in the regular season for the first time since 2009. That's why you're seeing this team playing for a conference championship, and that's why you're seeing this team very much in the mix for a college football playoff spot going into the last weekend of the year. Boy, I love to hear that conference championship talk, man. That is great. That will and, be great this weekend. Now they will be, there will be Texas fans all over that Arlington area. That, that is, that's good stuff. That's good, that's good for this football program. It's good for Sark. He's worked hard for the last three years of building this program. As he said, they look like what he wants them to look like now. Now they just got to continually play up to it. Because uh, as you said last week, PK, uh, he talked about, you know, he hadn't played his best game. But that game right there was a build up to a championship type of game. You know, and this yep. is what this is what you do. That's what you do to teams right there. That's how you make them pay. If they can't, if, if they can't run it against you and their quarterback has no wide receivers and he's not that good of a quarterback, you make them pay. And you got to make Oklahoma State. You know exactly what they're about. They're about one of the best running backs in the country. Can't let him. You know you can't let him. You can't let him get into a groove. You got to stop him immediately. And they will. They will. I'm not worried about that at all. Uh, I'm honestly not that worried about Oklahoma State. Like he's a little bit of a cut up above though. Now he's not your everyday running back in this conference. Yeah, he's I mean he's he, he's maybe a little better than Taj Brooks, maybe. And Taj Brooks, once again, leads the nation in forced missed tackles, and he leads the country by a pretty significant margin. So. Well, the only thing about running backs this time of year, they are beat. Yeah. That's the, yeah. That's, that's the good thing. Ollie Gordon is pretty beat right now. He's, I mean, he did some nice things in the game on Saturday, but his explosiveness, it's not like it was four weeks ago. They've been riding that ago. dude, right? They've I mean, been riding that guy hard. Yeah. They've yeah, been giving yeah. him a lot of carries. Yeah, they have. Yeah, they have. So, yeah, look, it's Oklahoma State. They're a solid football team. You don't make it to a conference championship unless you're uh, you're pretty good. But Texas is a 14, 14-and-a-half point favorite. And you want to be playing your best football at this time of the year, right? Yes. And 
I think we were a little worried that Texas peaked too early with what they did in Tuscaloosa. Now, that was awesome, but it was like we, we hadn't really seen Texas play a game that complete since then, and that was week two, way back in September, and the calendar's about to flip to December, and it's like, ah, uh, you know, can we can we play anywhere close to that level, or was that well, just... Then they came back alive against Baylor, and I was going, oh, shit, it's Baylor, though. Yeah. They're not very good. That was a September game, you know? It's yeah. like, did, did we peak in September, and then just the last six quarters, right? Like, the game at Iowa State, I know that was only a 10-point margin of victory, but Texas played really good football. A couple of miscues on defense that made that game look a little closer than it probably could have been. Yep. But Texas, you know, they put Iowa State away on the road. And then, obviously, what they did for all four quarters. On for, I mean, Texas had its backups dominating Texas Tech. Like, Texas Tech left its starters in the football game. Oh, they did, yes. Morton played every snap for Texas Tech. And Texas had its, like, second and third and fourth teamers in there just wreaking havoc on both sides of the ball against Tech. So, like, what they've done the last six quarters, they're playing their best football at the right time. They need those style points. Uh, Obviously, you hope that carries over to Arlington this weekend. But that's cool to see. Like, you want to be playing at your peak in November and into December, and Texas is clearly doing that, which is great. There's no doubt about it. I loved it. I loved it. Let's hear more from Steve Sarkeesian. He was asked about style points, right? Uh, Did you care about those style points against Texas Tech on Friday? Here's what he had to say. We just wanted to win, and and I think that's one thing that our team has adopted is, like, we'll do whatever it takes to win the game, and that's where – the versatility of our team has shown up here over the last month and a half, that we've won a lot of games different ways. And tonight, the, all the ways kind of came together, and, and that, that was the byproduct of it all. So, hey, I don't, I don't know from a college football playoff perspective what that looks like. What I do know is we have one more game to, to try to go win a Big 12 championship. And I know I got a locker room full of guys that want to try to go, you know, complete that aspect of the mission next week. And then what they decide to do, they decide to do. All we can do is control what we can control. And that's, you know, playing really well next week. And if, if playing well next week is important to us, then then we'll prepare and practice really well throughout the week to get prepared to play. So, um that's probably a better question next next Saturday night. Hopefully we're, we're kind of in the same mood and I'll have maybe a better answer at that point. Yeah, you stuck that last touchdown on them. You could have taken a knee and called that a ball game and said, okay, let's, let's move on. Let's not let another person take a hit. Let's, let's, let's not get any offensive linemen hurt. Let's not get any running backs hurt. Let's just go ahead and get ready to play in a championship game. You threw that last one in there on purpose. And there's yep. nothing wrong. I was happy with it. Yeah, Texas went for it on fourth down, right? Oh, yeah. uh, Scored that last touchdown to make it 57. Well, they could have kneeled the clock out. Yep. They'd had enough. They they had had enough, but that that was one for the commissioner and one for their head coach, I believe. Yeah, I think that decision might have been a two-fold decision from Steve Sarkeesian to kind of keep running up the score a little bit against Texas Tech, right? Number one, well, you talked about it, all the trash talk that Texas Tech and Brett Yormark had been sending Texas's way since uh, the game in Lubbock last year. He's probably still stinging from Iowa State's all the talk from that group that are still the ones that are sticking around. I also think the other aspect of that was the fact that Oregon played Texas Tech early this year. And Oregon only beat Texas Tech by eight. Uh, That game was in Lubbock. And, hell, that was actually a one-point game. Oregon kicked a field goal to go up by one with a minute and ten seconds left. And then Tyler Shuck, who was the quarterback 
for uh, for Tech at the time before he got hurt. He threw one of the worst pick sixes you'll ever see. So it turned into an eight point win over Texas yeah, Tech. Before he drank one of those glasses of water from out there, and then he yeah. became the hurt quarterback. That's how it works out there. But like, okay, that's their common opponent. That's the only team that both Texas and Oregon have played this season. And Texas won by 50 and Oregon won by eight. And they needed a last minute pick six to win by eight. So I don't know if the committee actually looks at that. I feel like maybe they should look at that. Because uh, once again, it's not like these two teams are in the same conference. So they weren't playing the same teams week after week. This was the one opportunity that we have to look at a common opponent between Texas and Oregon. And well, the margin of victory, Victory was uh, pretty different against Texas Tech. So yeah, that that Washington Oregon Oregon game this week. Washington has been living on a thread here lately. Yeah, Oregon's a Oregon's a nine and a half point favorite in that game. Yeah, they crazy considering Washington beat Oregon the first time that they played. Yeah, but they've been just they've been escaping. They have. They they really have. Their defense has been struggling a little bit right now. Their offense can still go. Michael Penix Jr. and those those. Well, that one wide receiver is out of this world. So, and and you know they they throw two or three running backs at you, but Bo Nix right now is throwing himself right into the Heisman mix. Yeah, he might be your favorite right now. I think I he is. Yeah, I haven't looked at the updated odds, and hell, the winner of the Heisman might be the winner of that Pac-12 championship game on Friday. Mm-hmm. If Oregon wins the way that they are favored to win, then uh, yeah, that might be Bo Nix's award right there. But you're right. I mean, Washington. Uh, hasn't won a game by more than 10 since the big-time win over Oregon back on October 14th. So they they are skating by. And look, I a lot of Texas fans were mad that Washington beat Washington State, right? Because Wazoo, they were right there. The game came down to a last-second field goal to give UW the win. I just don't know if that would have mattered that much. Like the, the winner of the Pac-12, I think, is getting in regardless. Right. So even if Washington lost to Washington State, if they bounced back and beat Oregon on Friday, uh, that'd be two wins over Oregon for them. That'd be 12-1. and one. That'd be a conference championship. I still think they would have been in. So uh, I don't know if that one would have mattered too much. Like I've, I basically told myself, as much as I think Texas should be in over Oregon, because I think the Longhorns have a better resume than Oregon does, I just, I just feel like whoever wins the Pac-12 – is going to be in the college football playoff, regardless of what the Longhorns do on Saturday. Yeah, and I and I still believe Georgia still has that chance if they lose the championship game. They're just, I mean, they're the two-time defending champ. They've, they've won so many games in a row. It's almost like you're going to drop them from one to five. I mean, it's just that's just such a, a fallback, especially what you did with Ohio State last year. Now we yeah. know, no, we know if Michigan if Michigan loses to, I mean. If Michigan loses to Iowa, they're gone. That's it. They're not sliding. That, that one loss is not keeping them in at number four. They're gone. They fall out of it, period. To lose to Iowa, no they're way. Not, they're not losing to Iowa, though. It's like, that, is that a conversation worth having? I mean, no. you're right, but like they're not losing to Iowa. No, no. All they had to do is win the game. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, everybody knew. Like, that was – that was uh, basically a win, and you're in the playoff game. That's right. That was a playoff game right there. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. So, uh, now Texas's best path, uh, best path once again is Louisville knocking off Florida State. I do wonder though, like you said, yeah, if Georgia does lose to Alabama, then what happens? Um, I don't know. Like, I, I still think Texas would get in over Alabama. Maybe both Texas and Alabama get in. Hell, Texas and Alabama both probably do get in. Then I think you're 
debate might be like Georgia and Florida State. Like even if Florida State wins this weekend, I think that might be a debate. Like who deserves the spot? Twelve and one Georgia or thirteen and zero Florida State, who just won its conference championship. I game. say they'll keep Georgia. I said they'll keep the two-time defending champ and say bye Florida State. Sorry, God. But our deal is to get to the four best teams, and we don't think without your quarterback. I mean, no. you saw that kid play this weekend. I know it's just like Florida State's won. I think eighteen in a row. Dating yeah. back to last year, and and could you really keep them out if they didn't lose? Yes, because your job as the committee is to give us the four best teams. Right. And right. you saw the Florida State quarterback play. I mean, if Florida has any quarterback, yeah. they're probably going to win that game being up 12-zip. I mean, they're going to make it more. But they're playing with a backup, too, right now. And, I mean, he was okay. It was the running back that was killing them, killing Florida yeah. at the end. That kid was going. But I still think – I think I think the committee said they, – they look and say, what is our job? Our job is not to take the two-time defending champ who's won almost 40 games in a row in the SEC and say to them they're going to go from one to five. Right. No, they may go from one to four, even with a loss. That's what that's what I'm saying. Alabama gets in. Georgia gets in. I don't know. I think Texas is kind of – I don't know what Texas – Texas needs a miracle. No, they, they don't. They just – they need Louisville to beat Florida State. Yeah. Like, that's not – I don't think that's a miracle. If Jordan Travis was playing, that'd be a miracle. But you know, Florida State's like a four to five point favorite. That's that wouldn't be a miracle. No, and, and that's right. That's that night game, and that's yeah. out there quarterback. I mean, Louisville. I watched them play the other night. They were just. I know. It's just it's it's just annoying too because like every other year, twelve and one and winning sure. the Big Twelve yeah. with a road win at Alabama would be more oh, you're than in, a, you're in every year. Oh my god, you might be a two or a three seed in, in most instances, and then. This year, it's like the one year Texas is actually in the discussion. They might get left out. And and you got to credit these other teams, man. Like, nobody ranked ahead of Texas has lost in November. The only team that Texas needed to lose that has lost in this month is Ohio State, and they lost to Michigan. Yes. That's one of those teams had to lose. Like, Georgia's won every game, even though they've had a couple of close ones. Florida State's won every game, even though they've Alabama had – Alabama has. Alabama, Washington, Oregon, like all – Michigan – all of those teams have won every single game, which never happens. You usually get to November, and it's like oh, teams just start collapsing, and the pressure gets to them, and they can't rise up to the occasion, and they slip up, and all nope. of a sudden it just opens things up for some of the other teams. Like Texas has been By ranked. The way, some of them are getting better. Yeah. I mean, Texas has been ranked number seven in the CFP since the first CFP rankings came out, right? Like the last two years, the team that started ranked number seven in the first CFP rankings both made the playoffs. So it was like, oh, Texas is fine. Like, if Texas just keeps winning, other teams in front of them will start to lose, and the Longhorns will find themselves in on Selection Sunday. But that just – it hasn't happened because nobody has lost. It's – we've never seen anything like this, and it's just – it's annoying as hell. Uh, we just need one of those – just need Florida State to lose, and things will be okay. But You don't, God, believe, Ge- you don't believe Georgia would drop all the way out, do you, from one they, to five? If they lose? It depends on how no. they lose. No, yeah, yeah. If it's a blowout, then they'll get dropped. But if it's you know Alabama kicks a game-winning field goal, or if right. they score on another fourth and goal from the thirty-one yard line, <laughs> it never happened because Georgia's not dumbass. Like they're not giving no. up. Georgia's not dumbass. Boy, I sound like a dumbass by using that type of English. But uh, yeah, no. If it's a close game like that, then Georgia probably still gets in. And you got yeah, two. But you know what? Texas wins a Big Twelve championship. Texas Tech still got asked. <laughs> I mean, really? Yeah, that that doesn't change, regardless of. No, uh, that does not change. 
Yeah. It not it does not change that I that I saw that speech up on the on the big screen there, and the fans yeah. went nuts. Yeah, and and somebody asked Sark in the post game. I didn't even cut it up because Sark is just too nice. Someone's yes. like, "Oh, did the McGuire comments and the Yormark comments and the fact that Yormark was there did that give you some extra motivation?" And Sark's just like, "Nah, you know, I talked with Yormark before the game and we said hello and." Uh, we just wanted to win because uh, we're playing for a conference championship right. and that's all that mattered. So he, he said the right things, but well, he doesn't want uh, to be the bulletin board material. He doesn't want that to be on his deal, which he shouldn't. No, it's not his thing. That isn't. He just showed by actions thing. to so, me. That last touchdown showed me that he was thinking about something. Yeah. Something was on his mind. Huh? Oh, in that locker room, they're talking about your Mark and McGuire and all that shit. Sark just does a good job putting on a, a blank face. Well, that's what I'm saying. And, and the last touchdown when you could have kneeled out the clock and said, you know what, let's just go. We we got enough. We beat them big enough. But that dude, they couldn't get in the end zone quick enough. That play couldn't come in any quicker, BK, and get in the end zone. Any, I mean, that looked like the Dallas Cowboys. That's how the Cowboys are playing right now. It's the fourth quarter of an NFL game. You don't even need points. You just need to win by one. The Cowboys are throwing bombs with two minutes to go in the game. They're not caring about running out the clock. We need to score. It's yeah, you, know who, you, know who, you know who remembers, remembers all that? The Hamburglar himself, Mike McCarthy. That's right. He mm. remember all the things people say about him. So he's running it up on teams. Dude, That what happened in that Cowboys game, I, that was the most disrespectful thing I've ever seen on a football field in my life. When – the Cowboys scored, I don't know, their 15th touchdown of the day. Oh, yeah. And Dak Prescott went into the Salvation Army bucket and pulled out a turkey leg and started eating turkey uh, on the sideline. I can't tell Joyce. I said, do you know how many people have touched that leg? Oh, I mean, it was wrapped in foil. Was it? Yeah, I thought yeah, it, it was wrapped with- in foil. Dak unwrapped it. That was no, someone, put it, someone put it in there like during the game. It wasn't even sitting there for like all four quarters. Like someone brought it. And put it in that bucket like after the third quarter. Somebody dumps some change in there and then threw that threw it in there with a handful of change. I don't know if there's any change in there. I don't know <laughs> if they've just got random coins. What do you think? People from the stands are just throwing their money trying to make it into the bucket. Like tech <laughs> fans throwing tortillas, we're throwing change in Your there. Boy Dak was hungry because he was munching down on that thing. That must Dude, have been that, good. That's I've never seen that. They were eating during the game, they were eating. <laughs> They were beating Washington that bad that they were eating their Thanksgiving meal uh, on the sideline. And then I, the game. I, I couldn't believe it, dude, because Dak offered McCarthy a bite and McCarthy didn't want some. I'm like, what? Oh, you know he wanted to take that a bite. That guy had a that. full plate waiting for him in the locker room. That's probably why. <laughs> He's like, I'm not even waiting until I get home to eat. I got, I got a whole plate with all the sides and fixings ready for me right after we win. So I'm going to hold off on this uh, turkey leg right now. But that shit was – I've never seen that eating, eating like that. That's for the You're MVP. That, that. He said, I'm the MVP now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Pretty uh, pretty freaking spectacular. And that was the third most watched regular season game in NFL history. So everybody watched the Cowboys just beat the absolute crap out of the commies on Thursday, which was great. And their coach is still there. He hasn't gotten fired yet. Dak was eating it on the sideline for a while, and he was passing it around. No, they they took more than one bite. No, uh, it was glorious. I loved it. I'm not like mad at the Cowboys for it. I freaking hate Washington, and I love the Cowboys, so I thought it was incredible. But that was uh, that was next level petty right there to be 
to be eating like that. That's fantastic. For Dude, me. I just, I like the, I like the fact that there's, they're trying to, you know, I don't, I tell you what, I don't like high school games when they get in the eighties and seventies and you know, high sixties to zero, but in the NFL with four minutes to go, no, man, go ahead. Go yeah. ahead. Cowboys. Just keep trying to score. Mike McCarthy's thinking about all the jokes. Everybody's talking about his offense and him calling plays. He's trying to put points on the board mm-hmm. at all times. And Sark gave it that on – he did that on – he did that Friday. That last one he didn't have to do, but it came in so quick. And they, in, they got into the end zone. They were so excited for that kid getting in the end zone. That was crazy. And yeah, by that time, that Texas Tech kids were thinking about, hey, where's the bus? Where's that bus located? <laughs> I got to take a quick shower. I got to get in that bus. We got to get out of here. As if that game wasn't demoralizing enough, Texas on its final offensive possession where they scored to make it 57 to 7. 13 plays, 91 yards, wow. 7 minutes and 59 seconds. I mean, they just like Texas, a, a lot of runs. Obviously, Arch Manning was in at quarterback. He had oh, a couple yeah. of completions, including one on a fourth down and five. Um, but yeah, I mean, they just, even in that spot when the game was in hand, Texas just still able to keep their foot on the throat of Texas Tech and score one final time to uh, make it a 50-point game. And how the hell did Malik Murphy get hurt on the sideline? Who's in charge of – I mean, he's got a uniform on. What I mean? Your head's not on a swivel? Yeah, let's, let's hear from Because Somebody asked about that, right? Someone said, well, you know, because I, I figured if Texas was going to win by that much, Malik Murphy would have been, been the guy that we see off the bench. And, hell, considering Texas was up by 50 – we probably were going to see both Malik Murphy and Arch Manning, but I did find it interesting that Arch was the first guy off the bench for Texas, and we found out in the second half or really after the game that, uh, yeah, Malik Murphy got hurt on that Keelan Robinson kickoff return touchdown. Here's Sark talking about what happened to Malik and also talking about Arch's debut as a Texas Longhorn. Unfortunate uh, on Keelan's kick return, uh, Malik Malik got caught watching the game and got hit on the sidelines, and so we, we had to we had to take him in, and and um, so we got to see just kind of how injured he kind of hurt his non-throwing shoulder. Um, so hopefully we can we can get him back and get him get him healthy. So it was kind of an unfortunate situation that way. Uh, no, I've never seen a quarterback go into the game as a backup. You know, backups are always kind of the fan favorite. Um, but when Arch went in, I mean, what a the crowd was was buzzing. We we had to try to quiet the crowd. And to Arch's credit, you know, it was probably there's some butterflies and some anxiousness first time playing uh, early on. Uh, but one thing I was impressed with was in that last 90 yard drive with with our twos. And what a drive for those guys! I was super proud for those for them. Um, two two good third down conversions in there. You know, the conversion to Jonte, uh, the conversion to Casey Kane to keep extending the drive. In the previous drive, he uses legs really well. Um, so, so definitely, you know, things for him to build upon moving forward, but, but, uh, happy he was able to get in the game. Yeah. I mean, he used his legs really well in that, in his debut. I thought he moved around pretty well. That was great. That was a great drive. And Malik wasn't watching the game coach. Cause that's, if you're watching the game, that's, you don't get hurt then. If you're out there in space somewhere and Hey, we're doing good. And oh, I think my grandmother's over there somewhere or whatever. That's how you get hurt. That's not watching the game. Watching the game knows, here it comes. I'm out of here. I'm the quarterback. I'm not taking this hit. Not watching the game is when somebody gets you in the shoulders or the knee or whatever. I wonder what he was doing, right? Because that was the first play out of halftime. That was the opening kick in the third quarter. Like Too close to the sideline. I know that. Maybe he was watching the Jumbotron. 
and didn't just that didn't ball, see. I mean, didn't that ball come to the middle of the field? Didn't he cut back to the left side to the towards the middle of the field? They were on the right side as I'm looking at it. Yeah. Huh. I don't know. I don't know if Murphy was watching the Jumbotron and just didn't realize there were guys coming right at him. I don't know if he was looking at the stands. I don't know if he was Well, there's always snack. somebody there's always some dude on the at the end who has to come into your, you know, gets not get his ass knocked. If, especially if you're getting asked, somebody's getting knocked into the bench somewhere. Yeah. You know? So I gotta believe that happened. Somebody feel, got knocked into the bench. I feel you know, coming down. Yeah, I feel bad for Malik Murphy, right? Like I, that, dude, I don't, that dude is out of here. Exactly. Like, I don't want him to transfer, but especially, gone. especially if Quinn comes back. But even if Quinn leaves, like, it, it, it's always kind of felt like Arch was next in line. Uh, I feel like that might be Malik Murphy's last moment at DKR is him getting hurt watching a kickoff return for a touchdown. And that sucks. Uh, look, you can't tell the story of 2023 Texas football without talking about Malik Murphy. Like, if that was his last ever game in Austin, then we're grateful for what he did. He he helped Texas win two games that they absolutely yeah. had to win to keep their Big 12 championship hopes alive. Uh, but, yeah, no, if that's if that's it for Malik Murphy in Austin, that's a crappy way to go out, man. You well, feel yeah, like well, I can't see I – don't, I don't see any other scenarios unless he just you know, wants to get a degree from Texas. I, I mean, I, yeah. obviously I think he's got a couple more years to play football. He wants to play. It won't be here. It won't now, be here. Arch Manning is the next guy to, to to when Quinn Ewers goes. That whole standing ovation, that whole thing uh, of Saturday. Now that would send me packing right there. Yeah, that was nuts. That was the last I mean, year. Sometimes, of the game. yeah. Sometimes you just see the handwriting on the wall. You just do. I mean, I mean, it's 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 not because of you. You've been here a couple of years. You got in. You played two games. You know, you played yeah. in two really meaningful games that the university needed you to play. I don't. I mean, you can sit out here and you can stand here and fight it out all you want to, but you're not going to be the guy. Mm. It's just it's yeah. sometimes it's there. It's just it's just there. You just you move on, and that's college football. That's the way college football is. And in this and in this instance, it's worked out for the parties. It's it's worked out, I think, for Malik Murphy that he can go somewhere and and then be a starter somewhere at some level of football, and that he's also helped out the university. He's probably very close to graduating. He seems like that kind of get kid. So probably going to get a degree from this place. He's going to play. He's played winning football. He's been in two. He's going to be a part of a championship. And then he 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 moves on. If he comes back, this is this. It's not about football. It'll be about getting getting his degree from here. I believe. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Look, and I, I hope he stays. Obviously, because you need depth in your quarterback room. Texas saw that this year. Yes. Uh, and Malik Murphy is well liked and well respected in that locker room, right? Some people have described him as the mayor of that Texas locker room. So uh, it'd be great to keep him around and loyalty. But nobody's going to be mad at him for leaving. But no one's going to be mad at him for leaving, especially if Quinn comes back, right? Especially right. if Quinn Ewers comes back, because uh, then it wouldn't matter. It wouldn't matter about Arch Manning anyway. If Quinn Ewers comes back, he's got to go. It just yeah. If Quinn Ewers says I want to come back. Yeah. It's not like you're going to beat him out. He's if he wins a championship, he's going to be your starting quarterback. So yeah. somebody has to go. I do wonder if Quinn goes, though, if Malik is more likely to stay. Because I think at that point, you know, in the offseason, Sark would be like, well, it's a quarterback competition. And it should be a quarterback competition. Like, sure. And Malik Murphy's been here for a few years. He's got more experience than Arch Manning does. Like he very much should have the chance to win the job and be Texas's starter in 2024 if Quinn goes. Uh, so he might stay in that scenario. 
Uh, but like you said, I mean, if, if Quinn comes back, then somebody somebody's transferring. That's just how college football works. And right, twenty three. So we'll see. We will see. All right, let's uh, give some more love to some more of our fantastic sponsors, Buck. Let me tell you about our good friends at Texas Orthopedics. If you are seeking specialized orthopedic care, contact Texas Orthopedics, please. Their physicians are, they believe in surgical and non-surgical orthopedic care for children and adults, of course. Spinal care, sports medicine, trauma care, joint replacement, rheumatology, and more. Dr. Daney, Christopher Daney, and Chris Stockton are dedicated orthopedic surgeons and their goal is to get you back into good health and a great quality of life that you deserve. Texas Orthopedics is the largest independent orthopedic practice in the state of Texas. For more information, go to TXOrtho.com. That's TXOrtho.com. Yes, indeed. Shout out to them. Shout out to GreatBlueHairAndFurniture.com as well. Doggo. They've got, a, they've got a phenomenal Black Friday sale going on. Yeah, look at that doggo sitting on the couch above Bucky's head. If you're watching us on YouTube, Great Blue Hair and Furniture, a phenomenal Black Friday deal going on on site as we speak. So if you've been looking for a new couch, a new recliner, chair, ottoman, bar stools, maybe all of the above, uh, look no further than Great Blue Hair and Furniture, a custom leather furniture company that started way back in 1991, a Longhorn-owned company. Most of the manufacturing is done right here in the state of Texas, and I'm telling y'all, this stuff is beautiful. But maybe more importantly, the build quality is second to none. You're not going to be able to find more stylish, more comfortable, or more well-built furniture anywhere in the world. There's a link if you're watching on YouTube in the video description below. You can click that, and it will take you right to our Texas Sports Unfiltered collection at greatblueheronfurniture.com. Or you can just go to the website if you're listening on the app. Just uh, log in, greatblueheronfurniture.com. Amazing-looking furniture that is built to last four decades. They've got it for you at greatblueheronfurniture.com. And also shout out to our friends at CentexTickets.com. If you're trying to go to the game, we'll be there in Arlington this weekend. If you want to be there too, they've got tickets right now on site at CentexTickets.com. And think about those championship games down in Houston. They'll have tickets for that also. So be on the lookout. Championship games. Oh, the national, the national championship. championship game. Is that where the, the national championship game is played? Are there any other – Are there any other – Playoff games that are there, or is it just the national championship game? Just the national championship. The who's got uh, who's, the got, who's got? Does the Rose Bowl have one this year? The Rose Bowl and the Sugar Bowl are the right. two semifinals. So, you know, I, I sure as hell hope we're in New Orleans or Los Angeles wow. on December thirty first. Either that? of those places would be a lot of fun for New Year's. But obviously, if we're there, that means Texas is there too. So, uh, hopefully, the Longhorns can find their way into the college football playoff and we're less than a week away it's it's sunday selection sunday is six days from now so obviously we get rankings tomorrow night for most of the year the college football playoff rankings come out on tuesday but the last cfp rankings the ones that actually matter come out on sunday so we will know at this time next week it's kind of a scary thought if texas is in or if texas is out and god it'd be demoralizing if they're out but with a great year like this, yes, it would be. Any other year, they'd be in. I know. No I doubt know. about it. Tell me about the basketball team, BK. You saw them play. You you, you watched the game. I did yep. not see any of the games, so I can't I can't tell you about it. Did the big kid play? The kid from the, the transfer play from Virginia? Oh, yeah, Shedrick. Yeah, Shedrick was back, back in there. Yeah, Dylan DeSue still, uh, still not back. Well, I don't, expect, I don't expect to see him until league play. Yeah. Uh, the coaches uh, – or I think it was LHN – 
on the TV broadcast said that the Sioux is getting closer and that the coaches feel pretty good about where he's at right now. So um, Texas's next big game is next week at Marquette, where they Ooh. go and shock a smart. And Marquette is really, really good this year. Uh, I think they're number four in the country if memory serves, although I haven't. I think the new poll comes out this week or today, so we'll see where they stand. Uh, but yeah, Texas took care of Wyoming. I think 86 63 was the final in that one. Uh, Max Aismas played really, really well. Maybe his best shooting day as a Texas Longhorn. He led all scores with 23 points. Uh, I thought he was solid. Yeah, Caden Chedrick was back in there for Texas, which was good to see. Uh, Dylan Mitchell, another solid offensive performance from him. Tyrese Hunter, I thought was solid. Texas shot 56% from the floor. Like they, they look good on offense. And it's a nice trend. When you think about Texas basketball over the last, I don't know, 10 to 15 years, like at the end of the Rick Barnes era, and then obviously through Shaka Smart and even some of Chris Beard, uh, Texas struggled to offense. It was almost offensive watching Texas try Dude, to. They struggled at the free throw line for sure at the end of Rick Barnes. I mean, you, they couldn't make free throws. Their free throws were yeah. not very good. And Texas has played six games this year. They're five and one. They have scored 80 plus in five of those six games. Like the only time they didn't, it was against UConn, and they were playing without their two best big men and arguably two of their right. best players. And they still got the 70, which isn't bad against a UConn team that's really, really good. And obviously, one that won it all a few months ago. Uh, but, yeah, Texas offensively uh, has looked pretty good. They did shoot well at the free throw line. That's kind of been an issue for Texas this year, but they were 12 of 13 from the charity stripe yesterday, Great. which was a uh, a pleasant sign. So, yeah, like 10 minutes in, it was a tie game. Texas got off to a little bit of a sluggish start, kind of a weird Sunday afternoon matinee type of game. You don't get a lot of those in college basketball. Texas a little slow out the gates. but Yeah, they, uh, they made me, they make me feel like this is a group that's going to take – they're not coming out fired up. They're, they're, it takes some time to figure out who's going to be the man early for them. You know what I'm saying? And they're just trying to feel each other out a little bit and see who's going to be that person that really carries it. Like you said, Aceman seems like he was the guy. It must have taken a little bit of time to figure out that yeah. that's the guy tonight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was 15-all, and then yep. Texas went on an 8-0 run, and that was kind of it. They just kind of ran away and hid from Wyoming. This game was never closer contentious in the second half, which uh, – was good, and that's what you're supposed to do when you're playing Wyoming. Wyoming's decent. Uh, they made the tournament a couple of years ago. They're they're generally a pretty solid Mountain West program, so uh, it's a it's an okay win for Texas. We'll take it, and I like that they were able to uh, win by 20 plus. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll see what they are. They play Texas State on Thursday here in Austin at the Mood, and then once again that big game next week on the road in Milwaukee at Marquette. That'll be another measuring stick kind of game for the Longhorns who uh if you ask me they've played one of those this year and they lost now they fought hard against UConn I think most Texas fans were satisfied with their performance considering just how shorthanded the Longhorns were but ultimately they lost that game uh they've got one more really really tough non-conference game on the schedule and hopefully they can somehow find a way to beat Shaka Smart I am worried though it's not March that's usually when Shaka Smart falls apart wow it'll be a task for Texas to go on the road and, and get a win at the Fiserv Forum up there in Wisconsin, Buck. You know, he does have a banner, an IT banner. Don't forget that in that natty. Yeah. That nitty. I would, like to, I would like to forget that. The nitty. Come on, man. What do you mean, come on, man? Don't be throwing championships away. That ain't a championship. That's 69th place. That matters. Championships matter. Rings matter. Uh, they didn't get rings for that. Oh, yeah. They got rings. No, they didn't get rings for Come the Come on NIT. now. 
No, they didn't. And if they did, I probably would have sworn off my Texas basketball <laughs> fandom. <laughs> I'm going to find out if they got rings. I'm going to say uh-huh. yes. I'm, I'm done. I'm hey, done. They got banner. They got banner. They did. Yeah, it's it's the same banner that they already had uh, commemorating the other NIT championship when the NIT actually mattered and was kind of a big deal. Uh, they didn't add a new banner, thankfully, but they did put the the year that they won the NIT. Oh, they just added it up there. there. They added it up there. They didn't get a new banner at all. No, thank God. Thank God. All right. Some shout outs to uh, some of our other phenomenal sponsors. We'll be giving away a Cabo Bob's gift certificate a little bit Ooh, later this yeah, week. Yeah, that's right. 150 bones from our friends at Cabo Bob's because the Longhorns just keep winning, which is really, really cool. Longhorns win, you win here at Texas Sports Unfiltered. Shout out to them. Uh, Buck, how about a word from uh, our friends at Woods Comfort System? We love them. They're coming. To, they'll be at my house here on the 12th of December because that is my yearly deal. And Travis will be coming by, checking out all the ducks, making sure that when winter comes on the 17th, that everything will be just ready. You know what I'm saying? Don't be any smoke coming out because the heater's been on already. It's been some cool, it's been some cool mornings. I mean, yeah. they did such a good job, but their 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 winterizer comes on the 12th because I've told Travis when winter was coming. It's only to be on the 17th. He said, Well, let's schedule for the 12th. I'm like, that's cool. Everything's good. No problem. You'll be there. And they can do the same for you when it comes to winterizing your home when the heater starts to click on. Oh, hell, who knows around here? The air conditioning could pop back on, too, in a matter of weeks. But you want everything set with that Woods Comfort System. You really, really do. And they're into plumbing. They've been doing this for over 60 years. And now they're doing plumbing. Yep. Which, I mean, if I have any plumbing problems, which I don't expect I'll be having, I won't be stopping up the toilets or anything else from our Thanksgiving. So (laughs) everything should be just fine. I should be plumbing free. But if you do, call Woods Comfort System. They are fantastic, believe me. Yep, check out their website, woodscomfortsystems.com. 60 years, as the buck mentioned, of uh, doing the best HVAC and plumbing work that you can find in Central Texas. God, it was 37 degrees when I woke up this morning. You know, I'm dog-sitting, so I had to let the, my sister's dog out. And I was in a T-shirt and shorts. I didn't realize it was cold. I'm freezing my nuts off out there, dude. <laughs> you played a little golf this weekend, too, over vacation. I did play some golf on Saturday, and it, it did not go well. Do you have any the whole, wind? Was the winds were the winds up a little bit. It was bit a little too? windy, but it, it wasn't. That wasn't my big problem. The uh, the whole oh, you could take a few months off golf, and you'll be fine. Some people Get say rid of the hey, bad habits. Yeah, if you take a few months off, you'll actually be better when you come no, back. That's no, you bullshit. Won't. Oh my god. No, you won't be better. I couldn't hit an iron to say I was driving okay. I was actually good around the greens. I couldn't putt, and irons are usually what I'm good at. And I just I could not hit a good iron shot. I, I think I hit one. In 18 holes. Not good. Not, not good. I got to get back out on the course more. Uh, shout out to Olipop as well. Oh, yeah. Uh, a lot of folks, I had a few buddies be like, yeah, I brought Olipop to the Thanksgiving meal on Thursday. Hopefully you did. Hopefully you've been drinking some Olipop. If you want to ensure that your bowel movements are okay, <laughs> and that you don't need to call Woods. <laughs> Nine grams of fiber in every can. They've got prebiotics, too, that actually help with your digestive health. Olipop is a great tasting soda. That's actually good for you. Like, not only is it not bad for you, no, it actually has health benefits. So you can enjoy drinking something that tastes like soda, but also enjoy really good health benefits that's going to help your system, too. Olipop has made it happen. They've got it at every grocery store. Big, big fans of them, and uh, we think you'll be, too, if you give them a try. I love all the flavors now. I've had the uh, the cola the, the cola flavor. I got away from the grape a little bit, so mm. I'm, down, I'm down with that. 
They're gonna have to, I'm going to have to get that cherry taste too. Eric Cola? Yeah, I got to get that going. But I do like the bowel movement talk. That's good because it does help. It does help generate some natural flow that we all need. It doesn't clog mm -hmm. it up with the sugar. Like if I'm going to grab a Coca-Cola or a Franta orange, which I've been doing pretty well, been doing the Olipop thing. So my flow is good and my bowel movements. Yeah, because generally I don't hear the word bowel movements on this program. I hear that other word, but I do like the word bowel movement. You know what I mean? Because it is, it's your bowels moving. Good job by you. There you go. Yeah, we're keeping it clean. And then we bring yeah. on wax. Oh, and no, Ryan. here it goes. I'm sure here. they're about to say the word shit about 50 times over the next <laughs> hour. <laughs> Gentlemen, how are we doing today? Well, Dude. I just had a BM not too long ago. <laughs> oh, no, there you go. <laughs> Um, uh, I had me an Olipop, um, actually had two during the holiday right there. And, uh, I got to tell you, so I was going, I was going to do a, um, indoor cycle thing on Saturday and I had an Olipop before I went and did that. And man, I felt great. I mean, seriously, it was, I was cleansed. It seemed like, you know, I thought I, you were going to say something came out during the bike ride. With <laughs> no, 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 no. Before, before it was okay. like two hours before Cause it gets you going. It, I, I felt, yes, it does. And it doesn't yes, take do. much for me. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. So. I think I had the. I think I had like the ginger ale. Uh, oh yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. Ginger ale portion of it. I, I was I was sipping on a nice little sipper, nice little sipper at night, watching a little bit of The Office and some Parks and Rec. Right. Yeah. Within like three or four minutes. Whew, here we go, man. Legs horizontal. <laughs> well, <laughs> I had the watermelon one also. I had the watermelon one first, and, and dude, that that was some good stuff, man. Th that was really good. Good. Yeah, flavor. if only the Longhorns could get in the Olipop Big 12 National Championship. The Olipop. Oh. There you go. Uh, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. I'm gonna I'll leave you guys with this, Buck. I want to show you this too. This is uh, maybe I saw this on X yesterday, but obviously the Eagles and Bills played thrilling game eagles get the win in overtime unfortunately for us cowboys fans but there was a moment in the tailgate in the parking lots at the link before the game that uh, i feel like you guys will get a kick out of it's it's a young eagles fan walking up to a bills fan and check this out God, all I can do is like, yeah, you're, you're uh, right. Uh, <laughs> the, the little kid goes up. He's like, hey, he wants to high five the opposing fan, and the Bills fan puts his hand out for the high five, and the Eagles kid just boom. <laughs> that's no, that's, that's pretty typical, man. They, they, they teach them young. They teach them young over there, man. What a that's bunch a of assholes. And as I wear green, I got to change. Oh my god, it's all the row homes in Philly. Got to give it that. We've been too close together. We don't have. It's not like Buffalo where people are all spread out. Come on now. No. We don't do that. Everybody, everybody's family in those row homes. Oh, yeah, they are. Yeah. You know, you they know what everybody's folks. talking about. You know what your neighbors are doing and everything, man. Grew up in Baltimore row homes. Oh, yeah. It's you like Texas hear... small towns, man. You better watch what you do because it, somebody's going to find out. Doesn't matter if uh, if you're a kid or if you're like uh, socializing with somebody that you shouldn't. People are going to find out. That's <laughs> right. Find out. All right. I got to take I got to take my Texas Tech gear, which I'm in mourning for Texas Tech. Look, I Where's got a little black. What is, oh, my goodness. Oh, Lord. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so I, Breakfast I'm in mourning, I'm in mourning for that sad-ass here and then stands up. I'm thinking, oh, my God, what's he got? Some fruit of the loom? No, like, no, they brought that sad-ass group. Sad group here on Friday. That was awful. It's pretty pathetic, wasn't it? I, oh, I, mean, it was, I was so sad for them. Not really. Yeah, I love that last touchdown that they scored, too. I wanted yeah. to really stick them. Oh, yeah. They could have taken a knee. Good job, boys. I got to. Slam. 